This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comic book click and as you know i am never alone sir please introduce yourself i am your cloudus maximus cloudus maximus what donkey did you disappear into because we haven't had you on this show in quite some time i was trying to get out i was trying to get out you know I understand. It's, it's, it's hard. It's crazy in there. It, it, it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. And we decided that we were going to jump into the crazy world of the Doom Patrol here on this episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Because, to be honest, since I've finished it, I've just been ranting and raving yes. about it. Yes, and have. I've been trying to get people to watch it. But not everyone has a DC streaming service. Right, and that, right. that's... um. That's difficult for some people to, to uh, you know, ascertain and then find the series and stuff like that. And, Cloudus, you are one of the people who know how angry I was last week mm-hmm. <laughs> with Dark Phoenix. <laughs> um, and if you guys want to listen to the Dark Phoenix uh, review, it's the episode right before this one. Uh, one of the first and probably hopefully only podcasts where I was actively drinking during because I was so stressed right, right, right. by what they did with that material. But... Um, I, I dodged a bullet there, brother. Yes, Shoot. you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> but but luckily, you got to do Doom Patrol. We're doing yeah. Doom Patrol from the DC uh, streaming service. Like I said again, um, Doom Patrol, uh, as you know, made their debut in the comics in My Greatest Adventure number 80 in June of 1963. June of 63. Meanwhile, the X-Men come out in September of 63. Ooh. So when it comes down to weird groups of superheroes with a... Uh, elderly man in a wheelchair leading them the doom patrol actually came out first so that's pretty damn interesting but i'm gonna do something a little bit unique this time usually when we do these uh television shows we go right into it but for five minutes why should somebody watch doom patrol cloudus if they haven't no spoilers because because again i think that people who listen to this well, if they don't have the service, I don't know why they clicked on the picture. But if they, if they, maybe they just like hearing us uh, talk about things. And if that's the case, then I would like to give them a little bit of something spoiler free, so they can go check out the series and hopefully come back and get uh, in on this conversation that we're having now. But if you had to sell the Doom Patrol, how would you um, sell it? Honestly, if um, if you've been wondering where this man has been for a while, um, I'd say Brandon Fraser, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, Brendan Fraser, man. Oof, oof. Brendan Fraser is in this series. He does a tremendous job portraying Cliff uh, Steele, aka Robot, Robot Man. man. Um, I'd say spoiler free that it's probably unlike anything you've ever seen. What I loved about this series is I felt like it was incredibly confident. 
Like it never once was like, maybe they won't understand that. Or maybe they won't get it. They didn't care. <laughs> they just kept going. It never really stops. And they might, they might be episodes that are a little bit less action-packed than others. Right, right. But I don't feel like any episode is wasted. I feel like every episode at least gives you a, lev- a, uh, a level of character development. Yeah. And even if it swerves to the left, it definitely has its way of bringing you back to the main thing that's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I really like that. I'd also say that um, in this world where so, with so much comic book media out there, the only way you're going to start catching my eye is if you're different. Mm-hmm. If you're confident, if you're different, if you're trying to tell a story. And um, as somebody, I mean, all the CW shows are getting on to season five at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, they're all 26 episodes. Uh, Marvel Netflix is canceled. <laughs> Jessica Jones will be reviewing that next week. And... It's just like with so much content out there, I didn't think that there would be a show that would make me be like, what? that's really unique. I've never right, decided right. And, to do that. And, and the characters play off the different that you just mentioned a, a, a lot. And that's what makes this whole thing really special. There, there are points by the end, like by the last episode or the second to last episode where it seems like our characters are in absolute danger. And I'm worried. Yeah. In a way that I wasn't worried in Dark Phoenix with a, with a <laughs> franchise that we're 20 years on at this point. Uh-huh. Or... Some episodes of The Flash at this point, right? We've, we've, we've watched so many that it's like, nothing's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But I really found myself worrying and caring and getting, not teary-eyed, but emotional with some of the arcs and the story uh, lines that they uh, went through. Yeah, with definitely. If, you, if you're looking to dig it, it definitely gets you um, really invested into the characters. And I think that it, it goes to show that that's where the money is. You know? Go to the characters. Stop trying to spend a million dollars on a special effect. Uh, villain, even though this one has a special effect. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, and yeah, take a chance on Doom Patrol. It's It's got uh, two thumbs up on this side. And um, if you've already done it, then come on with us for the rest of this podcast because we are going to chop it up all things Doom Patrol. Um, yeah, so like I said, they debuted in My Greatest Adventure number 80 in 1963. But... By the time it got to My Greatest Adventure number 86, mm-hmm. they were like, nah, we're just going to call it Doom Patrol. Like, it's selling so... It, let's stop making <laughs> it about other stuff. Let's make it about the Doom Patrol. And then it became, uh, you know, Doom Patrol. And um, the characters and everything were created by Arnold Drake, Bob Haney, and Bruno Primiani. <laughs> I like that. Say that fast. Um, after the first 18 issues, Grant Morrison became the writer. And Grant Morrison is absolutely bonkers. That man is crazy. Uh, in the best ways possible. Um, his takes on on superheroes um, are profound. Sometimes a little crazy, but definitely he's somebody who cares a lot about this genre and about dissecting it. Um, when asked about the Doom Patrol, he said, "I always want to go back to the original concept. It's never as radical as people assume because I'm just going back and thinking, what's the original impetus? What made this different from all the other features? With Doom Patrol, it's simply the world's strangest heroes." I thought, you got to take that seriously. That means let's get surrealism, let's get dataism, let's get real strangeness. Let's look around the culture and see what is genuinely strange and bring it into this book. And just by adhering to that basic principle, you find that you're going to uh, strange waters. You're suddenly doing something that seems quite radically new. But ultimately, again, it's just sticking to the core concept. I think that's always the thing I advise anyone who's doing this stuff, to look at what made this work. What is the engine of this? See if you can clean up the engine and rebuild that car, but keep it true to the core values. Um, and one of the things that was a hallmark of 
Grant Morrison's run is he had crazy villains. Always he always had crazy villains. I was opening up I, I read a little bit of the first volume of his Doom Patrol run. Mm-hmm. A lot of the show moments happened in that comic, which made me smile. Oh, that's good. I like that. Uh, made True me smile. Um, I like that. And um, one of the things that I saw was the Scissormen, a, a race of beings that attack non-fictional beings in the real world. Um, and they have scissor-like hands, and they cut people out of reality. <laughs> so I'm reading this I, book, and, yeah, and again, I like, I like that. Just like the like show, that makes sense. I can dig it. Just like the show, it doesn't it doesn't stop to explain it. It doesn't um, ask you if you're on board. It just keeps on. And um, we definitely got some crazy villains in this uh, in this show in general. But the main thing that I when I when I when I look back at this show, the main thing that uh, draw me to it after a couple of episodes and stuff is the idea of escapism, right? Comic books, video games, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, all escapism, right? Music, they're all um, ways to seek distraction and relief from unpleasant realities, especially this one. Mm-hmm. But usually it's about uh, seeking entertainment or engaging in fantasy to distract from those realities. And so this show is a level of escapism in the same way that all comic books are a level of just, right? I, want, I don't want to deal with this world, so I'm going to go to Themyscira for two hours. <laughs> or I'm going to go to Wakanda for two hours or Asgard. Um, and so you would say, you know, I don't want to deal with this world, so for an hour, I'm going to go to Doom Patrol. But guess what? Doom Patrol brings all the, the stuff from the real world, all the really bad and negative stuff that you're trying to hide from. They put it front and center in this show. This show is not escapism. It's very much therapy, yeah. I feel like. I feel like everything is on display. And a lot of what made me uh, interested in the show is it's not squeaky clean. It's not mm-hmm, CW where everybody is perfect and look perfect and um, sound perfect and dress perfectly. It's kind of grungy. and it's kind Yeah, especially when ev- with everybody's problems and stuff like yes. that. Everything is really raw for the most part. Yeah, so and I, I we're so really used cool. to having these origins, right, where... Every superhero origin is kind of the same, where the person was always great, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Barry Allen was always uh, trying to defend people from bullies, and uh, Batman was always smart and, and astute, and um, Peter was always re- and really, really smart and a really nice guy, and then they a uh, tragedy befalls them, or an accident happens, and then they gain superpowers. In this, a lot of these people were pieces of crap. Yeah, yeah, they kind of screwed up, man. <laughs> a lot of these people were pieces of crap. And the show deals with these themes of, like, uh, second chances, right? And not letting their trauma define you. But I think that the the biggest um, triumph that this show has is that damn pilot. That damn pilot is pretty damn good. Watching Robot Man do his rehab... Right, his yeah, uh, his getting uh, through it, going up the stairs, yeah, the makeshift stairs. Robot the, Man's rehab, yeah, um, Cl- Cliff's whole origin, you know, the narration in the beginning for Mister Nobody, setting up what the oh, I know what you guys want—a superhero show, you know, all <laughs> all that. Um, the intro into Jane when you meet her for the who's that? Oh, that's Jane, and then you see and her. You no, know, she's like oh, and she just goes by through the, her, her door. I mean, she doesn't have the same door <laughs> as everybody else, and right. Yeah. And she goes through it. Um, them deciding, you know what? Screw it. We're gonna go out on the town. There's nothing wrong with us. Why can't we just have a regular day out? And it literally all falls, falls apart. apart. Yeah, the bro. whole thing falls apart. And, and and um, and the donkey. We had a donkey farting. The mind is the limit. 
<laughs> and that's that's the pilot. I mean, how genius is that? But what really got me was um when they out in the town in the next episode when they're out in the town. Um besides all the hilarious Brendan Fraser cursing oh, that man. takes place in this series. <laughs> um La- uh Rita's like, what the hell happened? And Larry said, We happened. This is what happens to the world when we try to live in it. How pessimistic, how depressing is that of a of a mindset? And I think when we start this series, Larry might be the most depressed member. You think so? When we started. Yeah, I think yeah. at the beginning, he has absolutely no clue what's yeah, going no on. Clue. He has no clue what's going on with this with this thing that's in his body. Uh, and I guess we should start talking about that a little bit. Let's talk about Larry uh, up front. My boy, Negative Man. Negative Man. Uh, Matt Balmer and Matthew Zuck play Negative Man. Uh, Negative Man made his debut in, um, not the comics. I'm not talking about the comic debut, but he made his debut in, in uh, Doom Manor around the 1960s. Uh, Larry Trainer is a career Air Force pilot during the 1960s who is married with two children. But is also having an affair with a fellow service member, John Bowers. When um, flying an experimental aircraft in the Earth's atmosphere, Trainer is exposed to negative energy and crashes. He survives, but is badly burned and radioactive um, and is inhabited by a negative energy being. We'll refer to that being as Sparky because I like that yeah, Flex calls yeah, him Sparky. Yeah, me too. I like that too. <laughs> I like that Flex calls him Sparky. Um, and we'll get on Flex too. I just feel like I'll talk about everything. But anyway, uh, the being is capable of flight and tangibility and can uh, generate minor explosions upon contact with positive energy. Negative, positive energy. Um, the thing is, Larry's not able to control when the negative spirit comes out. And when it does, uh, it leaves his body unconscious. What's kind of nice, though, is the negative spirit leaves him with like a like a illusion, right? Illusion for the like time being dream. while he's away. Or, while he's, yeah. Like, I'm going to go out to dinner. Here's the, t- the television. Um, in the beginning, though, a lot of those dreams were bad. Mm-hmm. It was like him on fire. All that stuff. He has a conversation with Niles on the bus at one point where he's just like, this is just torture. Like, every day I wake up in my hell. Like, this is everyone around me constantly being um, burned. Remember, he was like, I have dreams that people are constantly burning around me. Uh, And so he has a lot of, like, shame and selfishness all wrapped up in him. But definitely a level of cowardice, too. And it's that cake-and-eat-it-too mentality, right? That's mostly... What he feels guilty about, right? Not never really giving his a hundred percent to John, nor giving his a hundred percent to his wife, nor giving a hundred percent to his kids. There's a part where John's like, "What about your kids?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> right." <laughs> he's like, "He's like, uh, oh, you know, whoops, I don't know." Um, Larry's arc is not only about coming to terms with his sexuality, but also the fact that he's that his selfish actions hurt the people that he loves. Um, we see Larry flashback to when he's a kid and he gets sent home from school and his parents are like, he was playing doctor behind the, the yeah, slide. And he's all in the front hearing all of that stuff. I'm like, oh. he better not be a queer. My son better not. My son ain't no queer. All that stuff, man. Uh, really heartbreaking stuff. And we see him try to come to terms with the negative spirit. Um, uh, we need ground rules. All that, yeah, right? Writing notes on the <laughs> We need and stuff ground like that, rules. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Just please. <laughs> please. It's funny because every time he left his body, he dropped. I kind of like chuckled because you yeah. never know where he was going to drop. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, he um, when they do it in uh, Jane Patrol, when they're doing the mind connection thing, he just oh, yeah, falls, he on, just the falls there. on the floor. <laughs> he just falls on the floor right there. Um, I, I find it weird because I feel like he's ultimately more vulnerable at the end of the day. By the time we're done with this this season, he's more vulnerable 
and uh, honest to the spirit than he was to his wife or uh, John Bowers. And I guess that's because there's nothing you can't hide from the spirit. The spirit has access to your memories, oh, yeah. right? That's kind of crazy. Um, and I mean, we we can't talk about Larry without talking about. Uh, I think it was called Tom's Perpetual Cabaret. Let's talk about Danny Street. Danny Street. Danny Street. Let's talk about Larry on Danny Street. How did you feel when Larry met uh, morally corrupt? <laughs> I, I, that I like. I like that a lot. I like that, that a lot. Smooth, I like it. Right? That was pretty smooth. Um, and and uh, the the karaoke song that never was. I just first of all, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get to that just now. But okay. I'm just gonna say that I love the fact that Danny Street was like a safe place. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, the um, music was always hot, yeah. like um um cheery and poppy. And uh, the the colors, everyone's so happy, everyone's so... Um, themselves. Themselves, yeah. and a full acceptance to be yourself. Danny doesn't uh, judge, he doesn't care, and it's a safe haven. I like that Danny can disappear and reappear yeah, whatever he wants. It's yeah, yeah. just a street that <laughs> disappears and reappears. But um, even in this safe haven, even in this place where you can let your hair down, as, as uh, the folks like to say, Larry still can't. Right. How do you, you take and that? When we, and when we thought that he was... He wasn't yeah. was when he was on, I guess what we presume that he was on stage doing the karaoke, which by the way, he was killing it. He was killing it. <laughs> and um, seeing his face, like, yeah, he's normal. I, thought, yeah, I, thought, I, I popped for, for all those things, even when they did that with, for Cliff. Oh, yeah, yeah. they did a lot for Cliff. But this idea that, like, I can finally be me, I can finally, and he still chooses not yeah, to. Yeah, chooses not to. Like, I don't, is that I don't still, say. is that still shame? Is that still. Does he feel like he doesn't deserve to be happy? What's what's the what's the deal with with that? I feel like as long as I feel like as long as he's still like that, I feel like he he f- still feels like he can't really be himself. Yeah, you know what I mean. As long as he's still burned, or as long as he's still gay. Um, because did I we mention he's I feel, gay? I think we mentioned uh, yeah. he's gay. <laughs> I, I I feel like as long as he's still burned and in the bandages. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because it's still a scary. Because you see him without the bandages, it's still like a sight. It's like oh, not only you know what that, I mean? but. His whole body must feel like an eyeball. Like a a harsh wind must blow. He must, wow. ah, you know, like everything's <laughs> gotta be killing him. But um, I was I was trying to think hard on that on the on why he didn't just go up there. And I think a lot of it has to do with um his wife and John. I think that because his wife dies of cancer in 1989, mm-hmm. they say, and then John dies later on. Right. But I think that he ran so far from both of those camps that he never found out and got closure and conclusions on there and therefore he's not allowed to live the rest of his life. You understand what I'm saying? Right. At like least, you, at you least didn't the get way to, he wants, you know? Yeah, you didn't, you didn't do the work that you were supposed to do when you were supposed to do it and so now you don't deserve the rest of this. And plus what, like, he, he hasn't really like aged because of the spirit. Yeah. You know and also, I mean? I'm guessing that Niles has been doing some kind of like immortality stuff to yeah, these people yeah, they, that was kind of yeah uh which we'll get into um definitely but he had a ton of here uh, history with the bureau of normalcy as they spent years uh experimenting on him hoping to harness the negative spirit and use it as a weapon we got forsyth our william striker of the of the <laughs> of the show right um torture man like even the spirit right remember one point the spirit tells niles Torture. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you guys communicate? Yeah, He's like torture. <laughs> um, 
What do you think about the Bureau of Normalcy? Normalcy. Normalcy. Um, they some evil dudes, dude. We're just like just when we thought we were done with them, they they came back. What and was I'll, your What was your revelation that they might not be great? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, like shady government scientist thing is always not great. But I think there's always a scene. Like to me, it was a scene where the um, guy was about to have a bunch of fun beating up Jane. Right. That was when I was like. You know, like that, the homeboy, I that get, was homeboy with the with the broken arm yeah, and, the, and the knife. Yeah, he's like, you see this? What does this look like to you? The girl who broke my no, arm. It was, <laughs> it, it was it was it was that, and it was also um the 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 flashback Larry had. Oh and yeah. And then they show you the um the patch in his room. Yeah. That he had had. He says something like they ask him something. He says something like "Go to hell," and the guy's like, "I'm gonna need you to do that for me." Yeah. Like I'm gonna need yeah, you. Yeah, I'm like, gonna send you. To hell, and I'm gonna need you to do and that. They were for putting me. him through all kinds of stuff, like sub zero temperatures. I, but I liked when the spirit got heat. up and killed everybody in yeah, the room. Yeah, that was that was. <laughs> he got up and killed everybody in the room. But then at one point in Cyborg Patrol, they seemingly have it. It's about to die. They have it trapped. Yeah, you know. And um, there's a there's a scene in uh, I think it's Flex Patrol where, um, it actually leaves, and they're spending a bit of time apart, mm-hmm. and uh, Negative Man. Is like dying. Yeah, he's finally succumbing to all of his up to him. You see the, all um, of his radiation blood and stuff. bandages from, coming from his mouth, which is crazy because I think at one point he says, "Don't make me throw up," because you know I can't. Like you know, I got him throw up in this <laughs> mask. Yeah, yeah, and these bandages, and it's the same thing with the blood. Like what a horrifying scene when you see him cough and the red stuff yeah, comes up on the bandages. Like, oh, You're like, oh my no. god. And then what? he was, te- but he was telling the the negative spirit to you can go. Yeah, you know, just go. Yeah, um, and it did. It left for a bit, but then it decided to come back. Um, and it, that's what I'm saying. That the negative spirit does nice things because he gets to say goodbye to his lover John Bowers before he passes yeah, away. Thanks, that was, thanks that to was, the spirit. Yeah, that was that was kind of sad to me. And the idea that it was I kinda... haven't been I haven't been making this up. I've been linking you mm-hmm. this whole time. I haven't been just straight up. Yeah, because when he gets to the front, yeah, to the front of the of the house, the I guess the caretaker tells him like. He's been talking about you. Yeah, he's been talking whole, about like, this you this whole time. Yeah. So I thought, I for him to get some type of closure, I think that was that was real good. Yeah. Um. But but but. Yeah, I think after after that, he finally once Bowers passes away, I think he finally decides that he is worth and worthy of not suffer, not putting himself through so much suffering and torture and all of that stuff. Um. Lastly, with Larry, I want to talk about his relationship with Cyborg. Because I think that they were on two sides of the complete opposite. I mean, two op- complete opposite sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Because Cyborg is very much in this Boy Scout role yeah, for, in this, sure, and we'll get into sure. we'll get into him in a second. But with Larry, Larry doesn't doesn't want anything. Yeah, he wants no parts. He just wants to stay a Doom Manor. Yeah, live the rest of his life till the chief comes back. And him <laughs> and Rita were pretty yeah, cool. We're just just we're just hanging, hanging about, out. Yeah. How do you feel about him walking away from the responsibility at Danny the Street and Cyborg being like, you know what, man, go. Like that's what you do. Like you, but <laughs> I mean, I I got it, but more so, more more so, I just wanted him to get his get his stuff together. Get his stuff. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of like, dude, eventually you can't you can't stop running. Eventually he's gonna catch up. Yeah. And you gotta ha- you gotta deal with it. Yeah. Um, I like when he said, I can't remember the line, man, but it's something like they're doing therapy, and he's like, um. Yeah, you know, uh, I just felt like I burned all over my face or whatever. And he goes, that's a joke. 
you guys can't get it because of bandages. Man, <laughs> He's no, like the yeah, bandages just ruin, yeah. <laughs> ruin all new ones. So it just came out like like something depressing. He'd say, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the part where he's like, um, I'm and Chris go gay. gay. Yeah, yo, <laughs> you're that, gay. That was funny. You're gay, and then he started clapping. <laughs> and like, oh my god. Oh, but I oh, think that's... Cliff being Cliff in that situation was necessary, so that way he could like. Ease the tension in the room and yeah. stuff like that. So like it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, like I can say, uh, you know, it's not a big deal and stuff. Um, yeah, I thought I really, really liked Larry in this. I really like Matt Bomber in this. And I'm gonna say this about uh, Negative Man and the same thing about Robot Man. Something that I didn't know if you thought about. I thought about it more watching over the second time. And it's this idea that Matt Bomber is doing voiceover work, mm-hmm. and so Matthew Zuck has to. Uh, like his physicality has to talk. I call it Power Rangering. Okay. So it's the it's where the um you, the Japanese footage of the Power Rangers goes. You and you points at them have to go up and point up, you know. And so it sounds like what they're saying and what they're doing are together. In this is the same way where if Larry sounding depressed, the body language the of the actor has to has be, to be yeah, has to match slunch that. over yeah. and how. How it's often is it and... perfect? Oh, it's always perfect. He said it was Robot Man. Like, yeah. like, all the facial movements. Because that's what I, I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I knew. I knew, I knew Brendan Fraser wasn't in the suit. Yeah. But the emoting and everything everything else, because he's a freaking robot, matches the voice, comp- the com- the emotion in the voice completely of the body and everything. So Especially uh, in... um in uh, Therapy Patrol where he goes the craziest. <laughs> yeah, body yeah, language and all that like, stuff yeah. and how he's yelling it. is amazing. Uh, anything else you want to say about old Larry Trainer? Um, what I want to say is we got a little bit of a silver lining. He can he can now release the spirit yeah, yeah. and be they kinda okay. Like, they're kind of like on the same page where he just leaves and, and he can and he's leave for there. two he minutes or so yeah, that's, and that's come Ill. back. And he's and he's um and he tries to like towards the end he tries to like um Expand that reach. Yeah, you know what I mean, because you see him with the little with by the, little with the, with the clock and stuff, timing it. I mean, if you got if there's go, nothing else to do, right? Nothing else to do, right? Might as well work on this because you're gonna be living your whole life like that. Um, yeah, I, I totally dig it. I think it's an awesome cosplay as well, except um, the bandages, man. It's gotta be hot as hell on those bandages. Breathing's gotta be kind of annoying. <laughs> I, forgot to, I forgot to mention that majority of this team debuted in the in um, Titans. There was an episode called Doom Patrol, I believe. It's, right, right, it's right, an right. episode called Doom Patrol of Titans, and we get everyone in here except um, Niles Calder is played by a different actor. Um, the actor in this kills it, amazing, so smooth, <laughs> smooth talking, um, uh, Timothy Dalton. But we see Elasta Woman, we see Negative Man. I don't think Crazy Jane is in there, and I don't think Cyborg's in there. I think it's Elasta Woman. Negative Man and Robot, Robot Man. Man, and in a lot of ways, those three, those three are the OGs. I mean, not in a lot of ways, those three were the ones that uh, started when the sh- when the series started. Um, Negative Man, Robot Man, the Chief, and Elastigirl, all OG day one Doom Patrollers. And then Grant Morrison, he introduces us to Crazy Jane, and then Cyborg is that's a that's a Teen like Titans. They kind of get you. Ready that's a Teen for Titans that, yeah. thing, yeah. Um, which is weird. That cyborg is in this and not Titans. <laughs> just a little, just a little bit weird. Matter of fact, let's get on our boy Vic. Let's talk about our boy Vic real quick because you messaged me and told me that you starting to dig. Yeah, I was starting. I was Vic starting. Stone. I was starting to dig him. Um, towards the beginning, to me, he was the the 
Boy Scout routine was like, because, you know, they they say that he was already fighting crime and yes. stuff like that. So, And we saw a little bit of that. Yeah, the probably for the first time ever, we saw a live-action cyborg stop crime. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen that but, before. But with, but with that, I feel like he was kind of like full of himself. Yes. In, in Way too and big it, for it, his yeah. britches. And I feel like he was, he kind of led him to be like something like a dick. Yes. You know? I like, I think it's in Danny Street. That's a great episode, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great episode. Um, uh, Danny Patrol. That they get to they get to Danny Street and um, Cyborg's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because the street's talking and the street's named Danny. And he, um, Larry goes, bro, the donkey, the decreator, yeah, like, the call. Come on, how could you he's not, like, like? He's like, you might as well go with the flow. And I do think that by the end of this series, Cyborg is all in. Like he, it doesn't yeah. matter if it makes sense to him or not. Which that, is that's why I also started to like him towards the end, or not even towards the end, towards the middle, because he's kind of getting with the program, his damn self. You know. After a while, he's like, yeah, this is all. This is all crazy. Um, once an all-star athlete, Vic causes an accident in a lab that puts him and his mother in critical condition. While it is initially revealed that his mother was killed instantly, the truth comes out that both were near death, and it was Silas, Vic's father, who chose to save his son, believing he had a bright future ahead of him. How do you feel about that reveal? Um, because well, we saw the burning yeah, body. Saw, yeah, we saw the burning body, <laughs> and we saw, and we kept seeing the footage of that through Cyborg. You yeah, know, so, um, and through Mister Nobody. I kind of, I kind of felt all right with that. Yeah, because it was, it's basically having a parent choose to. Who are, you, who are you gonna save? And and he did say his mother would have wanted it that way too. And I think, as a, I think as parents do, they would want their kids. If anything would like that were to happen, I think they would want their kids to survive. Do you think Silas was right in keeping that secret? And why do you think he kept it? Um, because I think ultimately by lying to him, I think he didn't know this, but by lying to him, Vic always blamed himself. Yeah, that's the only thing I I, I don't agree with. Cause he did, he did lie to him, but the whole time he was blaming himself. He yeah. was saying that it, it, was, it was his fault. She didn't like thrash the chemicals across the room. I was thinking, I just got goosebumps because in the episode, uh, in in Donkey Patrol, Donkey yeah. Patrol's entire episode, when you look back at it, and I, I watched this series twice, and now I I see it a little bit more clear. But Donkey Patrol is the episode where Mister Nobody says, "Don't come this way. Don't come in this direction, because I will ruin your life." <laughs> Uh, it's when it's when um, uh, Rita's having all those nightmares where she thinks that she's a star again, and then everyone, all oh, the lights turn off mm-hmm. and disappear. Um, and uh, Vic is reliving the accident on the floor, and his mo- he's looking at his mother burning, yeah, alive. burning alive, and he's like, "Oh, what you gonna do, Cyborg?" And Cyborg goes, "You don't get it. You think forcing me to relive this is torture? I relive this every day I go to sleep. I relive this when I close my eyes. You may know who I am, but you don't know shit about me." If you did, you would know that every criminal I bust and every person I save is me fulfilling a pledge to my mom that she'll never get to hear. Trying to make her proud, knowing I'm the reason she's not around to see it. That's my burden. That's what makes me cyborg. And I was like, I was like yeah. yeah, I was like, I was like, all right. But then, but then in, like, yeah. in, in retrospect, <laughs> right now, I'm just like, damn, bro, it was that was, was bullshit. Oh yeah, but that's how <laughs> much weight. I mean? That's how much weight yeah, he had yeah, on man. him at all times to constantly be the best version of himself because if not, but it, I think ultimately gets there anyway yeah. because if he's not the best version of himself at all times, that's a life that could have been given to somebody else and could have been given to his mom. So I, I think that that still sticks around in his head. Um, how you feel about Silas? Silas? Yeah. Um, you know what's funny? I kept trying to compare him to um, 
to where we see where have we seen Silas? We've seen, we Silas seen Silas in Justice League. Justice League, right? Yeah. I tr- kept trying to compare him to the homeboy in Justice League, but the guy who plays him in Justice League is the same guy who plays uh, the father of um, Sue Storm in the Fan Four stick. But I think he did a good job. He's still Miles Dyson. Still, still stern. Yeah, you know what I mean. Kind of pompous. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, for real. For sometimes real. So kind it's of like pompous. I got the same. I got the same vibe from him. So um, I thought that was great. Um, and to basically treat him the same way that he did with, with Cyborg and both yeah. the movie and Doom Patrol, I think yeah. that was spot on. I didn't have no complaints about. I that. actually liked it a, a bit more in here because of uh, you have obviously you have more time to tell this story, right. but you really got to see how many fingers his father had in, in, in programming his, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Let's talk design. How do you feel about the cyborg design? We literally saw an entire CGI cyborg mm-hmm. two years ago in the Justice League. This one is majority. I think it's all practical effects. It's all real stuff on him. Um, do you feel like that takes away, or uh, are you down? Are you- um. So I was, I was trying to make up my mind before I saw it because I knew he was in in Doom Patrol. I didn't like it off the rip. Not yeah, him. That- Not him. Well, yeah, a little bit of him, but the idea of like. Just you. Right, what right, what are right, you right, doing right, here? Right. Um, Go somewhere else with that. But the I I thought it was pretty cool, man. Um, cause I like what I really like is the is the the chest the chest piece. Yeah. And the um the ribs. Yeah, and the, and the ribs <laughs> and stuff. And there's a time where I think he hugs his dad, and you see like his spine in the yes. the metal spine in the back. Yep. I thought that was cool too. So um, I warmed up to the design. I think I started. I really like the design. And when he breaks out the arm cannon, I thought the arm cannon was pretty oh. cool. And even the, like at one point, he pulls out like a like a hologram uh, yeah, shield. Yeah, hologram shield. I thought that was, I pretty, thought that was pretty, pretty, Ill. pretty legit, too. You can see him um, ch- changing out his weaponry and stuff. I mean, it's basic. It's, and it's also pre-Justice League. Because they tell you he's kind of trying to be in Justice League. Trying to yeah, get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, oh, no. I think I was watching, this, watching the episode with Dan. But there's a part where um, Grid... Is having a race with Niles, like he's just running. Not great. Whoa, Cyborg is having a race with Niles. They're just oh, yeah, in running. the hallway in the, in the, just in the running. house and stuff like that. And Niles stops and like is out of breath. And I'm like, Why are you running? Yeah, and I was running, like, Wait bro. a minute! Yeah, I was like, running, Wait a minute! Bro. What are you doing? Why are you out of breath? And then Dan after me, and I'm like, I don't mean to make that joke in poor taste. I just really don't understand right. what's going on. <laughs> and I, I, I really like the fact that that his dad said he has. What did, what was it that he said? He's like. He said something about his software. He was like, "If you um, if you come back, if you come back now, yeah, then I can upgrade you. I can upgrade you for good." Oh yeah, yeah, so yeah. I started, thinking, and that was always his like yeah. little like so his I, thing. What about the idea of like, oh, so you're not gonna listen to me? So we're just gonna cut you off? Like, like no mean? helicopter, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. I mean, no, no, no jet, no Star Labs money, no Star Labs nothing. Uh, that was very fatherly. That yeah. was very. I I I'm very much expected that uh to come out of him, but like you were saying. You know, uh, to save him, he had to fuse the damaged human parts with technology and machinery, uh, including an operating system named Grid. Now, in Forever Evil, um, this uh, comic story that uh, takes place in DC Comics uh, during the New 52, all the negative versions of the Justice League show up from Earth 3, but there's no negative version of Cyborg. Mm-hmm. They manage to you to like, get, like hack him or program him, and the metal parts of Cyborg rip away from the human parts and become fully robot. And that character is named Grid. Grid is also an um, uh, alternate costume in Injustice for Cyborg. Mm. Completely metal. He's just all robot. He's he's Grid. So once I heard the name Grid, I was already like, oh, we about to, like, what's about to happen right. here? Grid <laughs> is the negative. He's the bad mm-hmm. Cyborg. He's all robot. Um, 
And they give you a little taste of that when they um tell you he's greatest kind of like taking over yeah. and stuff like that. And what's funny is that we've seen this trope a million times, but AI talking calmly is always going to be scary as hell. <laughs> and that started all the way back in, in uh, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey with that door don't worry, you know, like, <laughs> um, don't worry, Michael, or you shouldn't have done that, Michael, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and in this, it's like, uh, oh, you want to see her? We're going to hack into the bus cameras. Hack into the bus cameras, and then all of a sudden, it, yeah. it's up. You understand? Oh, we already healed your arm. I didn't actually, it's already done. It's already done. And it's still working, and you're getting stronger, and all this other kind of stuff. Um, How do you feel about that whole battle of um, whether or not the cyborg side was more dominant than the human side. Did you did you feel him going through that? Um, I I kind of did because I I'm I, well I kind of did more so because when well more so when he was in the bathroom and he cut himself open. Oh yeah, man! You got to see that. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Yeah, that, was, that was some crazy that was stuff. Too, so I'm like, oh, it's, it, I was like, it's happening, man. The machines. It's my heart. Over. <laughs> my heart was breaking when he's in. When he's in, and I guess this wasn't great. It was actually Mister Nobody. But when he's in the ant farm, and it keeps replaying the footage of of his mom, of his mom, yeah. and they're going like restarting diagnostics, restarting diagnostics. I was like, Yo, bro, your head is gonna pop. <laughs> oh, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine that uh, that kind of life there. And he was in the ant farm, and his his dad came by. It was like we didn't do nothing to him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we didn't even do like, nothing to him. Th- he's been like this since we got him. Uh, that was really funny. Um, as Cyborg continues in the series, he becomes less and less trusting of his father and even his own memories. This distrust causes Cyborg to reject Silas's help and reject Grid entirely. Mister Nobody adds fuel to the fire, suggesting that his memories may not be real. That was mm-hmm. yeah, that big. was yeah, that was because big. what do you do? What do you mean? What I remember did not happen. So what did happen? What happened was real. <laughs> um, and not only that, but Silas is lying too. So mm-hmm. it doesn't help that somebody's telling me that there's lies, and then it'd be like something like. You're like, listen, I lied to you. I'm going to tell you the truth tomorrow. And then somebody comes to me today and is like, oh, you know that thing he's about to tell you? He's about to tell you that uh, he stole $100 from you. <laughs> and so off the rip, uh, Cyborg's already suspicious because people are already whispering in his ear, they're lying to you. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. So even though the lie was a little bit less, mm-hmm. because I think ultimately what he thought it was was the idea that his father didn't care whether or not he was getting more machine-like, right? That was mm-hmm. the big... Or at least he thought that, that was, was Mr. His, Nobody, though, right? Or at least he thought what was happening to him was his dad's fault. Yeah, you that his dad mean? was doing it. So they do that. They do that. Um, I think that's amazing. I love the writing in this because everyone says exactly what they're supposed to say or what I would say mm-hmm. in that instance. And at one point, he's like, he shows up. He's like, "Where's my son? Grid's Grid's here. I can, I, I know it." And then he goes and it, he had put Grid in the computer. Some old timey computer. Yeah, he was yeah. like, "Wait, Grid goes, wait." So you telling me he put him in there? And then he's like, yeah, but why would he do that? It's almost as if, and then they're like, yeah, it's almost as if they thought that you were doing some, <laughs> some stuff. And he's like, well, why would he think that? And he's like, because you, you're controlling. Like, this is why he, he jumps through his overbearing father. <laughs> just, just, a, just, just a little bit. Oh, I love, oh, we'll get into her in a bit. Um, but the most heartbreaking moment, when uh, Mr. Nobody drives Cyborg to beat Silas half yeah, to death. Man. I thought he was dead. Yeah, I thought he was dead too. Oh, no, that's a like, metal hand? Uh, it doesn't seem like he's holding back. Like, stop. Yeah, he is see, dead. Yeah. I was like, you're hitting him with... Oh, the, oh. He's already dead. Stop. <laughs> stop. He's already dead. Um, But so, like, so much gravity to everything that happens with this cyborg as opposed to the poppy cyborg that we're used to seeing. Yeah, kind of like yeah, just, for real. There's nothing wrong with Booyah Cyborg. And at mm-hmm. one point, 
Right? What was it? Uh, great. I mean, yeah, right? It's great. Have I said booyah? You've said booyah 31 times. I think that's enough to ca- classify it as, <laughs> as a catchphrase. Catch <laughs> Talk to me about Cyborg on social media, B. Oh. Well, how'd you how'd you like that that arc? Um, that was kind of that was slightly brave. I mean, I'm, I'm I started laughing because um, his, all of his notifications for all his social media was off. So when he kind of like he had all these stupid notifications and like hundreds of messages, yeah. And he started going through um. Let me see the metal parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then like you said, like you said earlier, um, when he was on the when he was talking to. Homegirl and she was on the bus and grid, he was digging her. Yeah, he was kind of digging the grid, whole flirty thing. Peaked, her, peaked up on her on, on the bus while she was while they were messaging back and forth. Yeah, and then he had sent her a picture of him with his abs. The yeah, abs shot. I guess the abs, my dude's abs, abs, abs selfie shot. I do like the, the camera finger, in the yeah, glass. Finger, like, finger camera. I feel like that we're gonna get there at one point. We're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna put like a cap on our fingers and it's gonna be able to I be thought, our camera. I thought that was cool, but then she saw. I mean, she. I guess she got the picture. And is then, that a fair reaction? Not knowing that she's being watched. That is fair, right? There's nothing wrong with yeah, what she did. Yeah. She didn't know she was yeah. being... I don't think she said anything. Maybe she didn't message him back. That's all, but he also closed all his accounts. Yeah, because she saw she, he saw her reaction. And that's very much me. I get rejected once and not forget I mean, it. I'm just I mean, <laughs> granted, he, this down. Well, I don't know what he was what he was kind of expecting in a sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but at, at the same time, I don't know what she was also expecting too. You know what I mean? Cyborg. <laughs> there, was also, there was also a level of, I would say, annoyance that Mr. Nobody had for Cyborg. Like, why are you here? I'm supposed to be messing with Niles' people. Yeah. And you're not one of Niles' people. And so they, he's constantly trying to get him to either shoot the other members of the Doom Patrol or be painted, killing all the members of the Doom Patrol, or uh, have Grid turn on him and try to shoot um, somebody. Uh, they constantly make him an enemy or whatever the Doom Patrol, but... Man, when they took him off that poster, when he was, when oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> he actually oh, did he punch the hole because he set it on fire after after. Oh the yeah, he did. He said, um, <laughs> "But yeah, oh so so damn awesome, my boy Cyborg." Uh, I'm 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 getting into all my favorites now, so I don't even know who to choose. Like picking right, up my right. kids. Uh, let's get into Crazy Jane. <sighs> let's get into Diane Guerrero. Guerrero as Crazy Jane. Oh, and I don't think I said it, but it's uh, Jovan Wade who plays uh, Vic Stone. I've never seen that actor before. I've seen majority of these actors before. Hmm. I've never seen the actor who played Cyborg before. But Diane Guerrero, I knew from Orange is the New Black. Uh, don't know the character that she plays, but you guys probably do, so write in for that. But um, Crazy Jane, a.k.a. Kay Chalice, uh, she shows up in... Um, she was created by Grant Morrison. She comes out in February 1989. In Doom Patrol Volume 2, number 19. And Jane is the dominant personality of Kay Chalice. They call her Crazy Jane because she has, because um, Kay herself, the the actual person, has mm-hmm. 64 different personalities, all of which have different that powers. Did, yeah, they don't, that's wild too. Um, Very Legion. Uh, Legion also has the same issue. Right. He's also dealing with the same uh, struggle. Um, Kay was molested by her father beginning when she was five years old. The first time her father molested her, she was putting a jigsaw puzzle together, and um, this would become an important symbol for her in the future. Yeah. Kay eventually withdraws completely and is replaced by an alternate personality answering to the name Miranda. I did some thinking. I did some deep diving. Because oh. you don't ever find out what happened to Miranda. Yeah. They say that she went to the well. Or she but the sisters in. got her crazy. She went to the well. Um, but in the comics, 
One Easter Sunday, Miranda, Miranda is a victim of rape in a church. So after all the stuff with her pops, right. she then gets raped in a church. And um, triggering flashbacks to everything. And that's what just right. I mean, it's, shatters. Everything. I mean, it's dark enough, so we don't and, have to, we don't need to put that in Doom Patrol. You yeah. know what I mean? And so. they hinted to the idea that Miranda just went seeking for answers and went crazy, mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, uh, this this continued abuse. Um, Kay is committed to a mental institution soon after. Uh, you see that she's routinely abused. Man, that stuff was was killing me with that dude with the glasses, little pee wee weenie, whatever his name oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They, they called me Peeny 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 Weeny Peeny It's like her getting slapped around And she was constantly getting slapped around They were showing her getting slapped around Hit Sexually kicked, abused yes. Kicked um, um, uh, Injected So she was throwing up uh, All kinds of, of, of madness um, But besides all of that that's my, that's my boo Yeah That's my boo Well we got to see that, that Luckily now has got to save her and adopts Jane, and she she joins Rita and Larry in the Doom in the Doom Patrol, Doom Manor. Um, and Jane, uh, being the dominant personality, it's her job to keep equilibrium in the underground. Uh, that's where all the other personalities chill out at. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a big fan of the underground. Let's talk about the underground. Let's talk about these characters. Let's talk about Jane, man. Um, split vibes a little bit. <laughs> you get a little bit of split vibes, <laughs> but I like I like the physical changes. Yeah, I like the, the tattoo when Hammerhead shows right, up right, on the, the chest. Tattoo, the hair. The hair, the eyes, and the thing for, um, the eyes and the hair for Karen, the eyes and the hair for Dr. Harrison, mm-hmm. um, the, nice the stutter for, for Penny Farthing. Uh, the voice for Baby Doll. I like Baby Doll. <laughs> That's the one that freaks me out the most, to be honest. Yeah. That Baby Doll switch, there's something about that. When she looks at Cliff and she's like, I want him to go away. He's scary. Like, that. That, that that was genuine voice acting there that killed it. To her ability to switch, they they seem completely like completely different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Hammerhead is the one you see the most. Uh, Would you say? Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Besides yeah, Jane, yeah. Besides, um, yeah. Besides Jane, uh, Hammerhead is the one you see the most. But yeah, we got. Karen, which she's absolutely hilarious. Even though she's the most dangerous, yeah. she's hilarious. Her calling everyone um, hater bitches. It's <laughs> a hater bitch. You, you guys just don't want me to be happy. Bunch of haters. <laughs> All that stuff. Uh, um, she like drags Rita. And then it's like, like she's like, I will never be an old whatever the heck like you. But anyway, are you ready to do this wedding? Um, Dougie. All her stuff with Doug, falling in love with Doug. She's like a 90s, she's trapped in a 90s rom-com. So they're always playing like this, this poppy music. She's blonde uh, with uh, hypnotic eyes. Hypnotic eyes. Oh, hypnotic. When they go blue, whitish blue. And she can... Um, I like the fact I like the fact that she tried that with Cliff and that had Cliff no like, effect Your on eyes him. are psychotic <laughs> yeah. in hell or something like that. Um, Karen says... Uh, that the other that she knows something that the other personalities don't know, and it's something to have to do with like happiness or being happy. I think what they were trying to get at is Karen is the only one that actively is seeking to be happy. Do you think that that's true? Uh, I don't so think I, I think Jane's just surviving. Hammerhead's yeah. protecting. A lot of them are protecting. A lot of them, but I think Karen's the only one that cares about moving forward, even if it's in her own weird, deranged. I'm right, gonna marry to somebody married, yeah. in their house. <laughs> Kind of stuff. 
What about the what about the mother? Like, are you kidding me? I birthed you. Happy, I fed yeah. you on these <laughs> breasts. <laughs> and the father points at her like, yeah, you see? <laughs> oh my god, amazing. Uh Penny Farthing. Did you like did you which one did you prefer? Um Diane Guerrero's Penny Farthing or the Penny Farthing in the underground? I run. That's I what like, I do. I like I like Penny Farthing in the underground. Yeah. I like, yeah, I like uh, well, I I guess I like her more because we, I got to see her. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So um and everything else that comes with the underground. There's a lot of there's a lot of them that didn't manifest. Yes. That you don't get that you don't get to see, but when you go into the underground you finally get to see them, even if they don't talk or anything like that. I'd be surprised if we saw about twenty to twenty five. And considering yeah, she has sixty four. Yeah, we definitely didn't see all of them. A lot of them left. Um I like I like Penny helping Cliff. Um, I like Penny in general. Hammerhead is just hilarious with her cursing and her. And yeah, her, hell yeah. Her, that's sometimes it. it's hard to tell between her and just regular Jane because Jane gets Who, mad. Um, who's um, I for, uh, I have I always forget who's the um one that speaks. Sylvia. And Sylvia. Oh no Silver no, no, no 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 Silver Tongue. Silver Tongue. Sil- Sylvia is the one that talks like yeah. the, the, the demented voice. Yeah. Silver tongue, silver tongue is one of my favorites. Yeah, with the uh, where she uses the um, the words as weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely like Doctor Harrison. Doctor Harrison like, is like, kind of yeah, chill, like, man. Doctor Harrison is kind of chill. Like, she, her delivery, that's your hand, that's your pen, and your <laughs> eye, and you can jam it in there as many the times as you want. Closer and closer. Um, I thought they were gonna do it. Yeah, I thought. They I were was like, do we about was, to see was, a man. I was stuck, bro. We about to see a man just repeatedly gouge his own eyes, and we've seen this with Kilgrave. We've seen the level yeah, of persuasion I and how that kind of vibe how deadly that gets. But even when she's reading uh, Morden, when she's like, "All this over a girl," you're basic. <laughs> <laughs> All of that stuff uh, had me rolling. Um, Driver Eight. Driver Eight was cool. She's, she's like, like, "Oh, cool. that's just my job." But then, but then when she calls calls Hammerhead to come and Driller Bill him out, and she kind of she flips him off on his way out. Yeah, she calls Hammerhead and Driller Bill, uh, whoever the hell that is, uh, to go beat up on Cliff. Um, Black Annis, the mm. Wolverine esque. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was kind of intense right there. That was, straight that out was, of the comics. That was scary, yeah. For real, for real. Because guess what? Straight out of the comics, Cliff goes to go save Jane from the underground. The ground. Goes to the well. Uh, Daddy, all that, all that. Um. Let's talk about the pure strength of that episode, Jane Patrol, and the idea of portraying, um, you know, sexual molestation, sexual abuse, and how sometimes that trauma causes us to feel like we are unworthy of stuff. I damn near had tears in my eyes when Jane is talking to little Jane, mm-hmm. uh, little K, mm-hmm. and she's like, you're so perfect. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to be happy? Like, am I, you know, like, with everything that happened in my life, Am I supposed to be happy? And this this happens all the time. Sometimes we lose a family member or something like that or somebody close to us and we say, like, I have to keep hurting because if I don't hurt, then I'll forget. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I have to keep reminding myself of this pain because if not, then I'm not honoring what happened. And it's the same way with her. Like, she never wants to forget what happened with her and her father because she never wants that to happen again. Okay. But in remembering it, she stays in this loop of just constantly not trusting anybody, including men. And that's what that Black Anna's character is. She is the no, antithesis grabbing Cliff. Which is which is <laughs> ill because when she came across his face with the scissors, so cool. I was like, oh. That was really, that was really cool effect. Just, and I really like the fact that he had to pull the skin off 
Puss face. Back, if Puss you will. <laughs> um, Puss, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was, chose to. He's like, I, I'm no man. I'm no man. Yeah. Um, I find that Jane, or more so her other personalities, are always looking for a safe place to just exist. So extremely untrusting of the rest of humanity, Jane especially doesn't trust men because of how her father and doctors. We see men constantly yeah, yeah. treating her unfairly, beating her, and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, she goes to trust Niles, but then finds out yeah. that Niles had a reservation for her in the Doom, in Doom Patrol, Patrol house. house. She had her own room. How do you feel about that? She had her own room. Was that like a contingency, 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 contingency plan? Are people, can we blame Niles for having a contingency plan? Uh, Is this the prenup? Like, you try to convince <laughs> your wife of a prenup? Like, oh, don't worry, we'll never do it, but we just should. In case. Just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah you understand? Know like, you understand? Know I mean, I that? think that was the first time I was like, uh, they had, there has something more to be with Niles and trying to, I think, I guess, coach them into like bringing them back back as close to normalcy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm Normalcy. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You're talking about Doom Patrol language, bro. Definitely. Um, I guess it's time to talk about Jane and Cliff. How you feel about Jane and Cliff? And also, um, I need you to answer this for me. Is it parental? Is it romantic? Um, I do not know. On any given episode, I feel like it, it switches. I feel, I feel so too, but I feel like it's more somewhat parental because even it with with the illusions or flat or flashbacks, he kind of sees her as as his daughter. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like because that it, conversation it's, with, it's up in the air for a little for a couple of episodes until you yeah. get those flashbacks and stuff like that and illusions. She gets a he has a conversation with Karen where Karen's like, "This isn't romantic." And he oh. and he tell and <laughs> and she tells him, "I'm not your fucking daughter." Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I guess, yeah, yeah. But at one point, she's um, Karen says, "You're not trying to win her back." Which that sounds like more of a romantic. I I don't think of, it sounds more of a romantic. I feel like um or, or, some well, a few of them have. Well, I feel like Rita had that impression. Okay, you know what I mean. So, yeah. and for them to like, and maybe get away Kay just makes everything through. romantic because she that Karen. I mean, because that's what she likes to do. You know, like <laughs> she just makes everything romantic when it doesn't have to be. Uh, oh, we uh, we had flaming Katie, Sun Daddy. Yeah, those fire, that those was fire that was, that was kind of. I wish I got more of that, but. That I, what they gave us was I feel like was enough. Sunday destroys that machine in Fooktopia. 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 Um, uh, Lucy Fugue who has electric powers. We see Pretty Polly who's never been on top. Why don't you ever go up there, Pretty Polly? <laughs> huh? <laughs> but I like I like the fact that they have to take a train to go up top. You know what I, I mean? I like the fact that they all realized that Jane was hiding and they were like, "Uh, you need to go back to work." <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I don't want to go back, and y'all can't make me. So what, what's gonna happen?" What's going to happen? Somebody else better go up there because I ain't going up there. I thought that was really, really cool. And um, we literally see somebody go down. When we see Karen be pulled from the oh, driver's yeah, seat, from the driver's we seat. literally see the perspective that she sees where coming down she can come down. Very bit, much yeah. like um the, what do they call that? Uh, what do they call that in Get Out? The sha- The shallow place? Get out. Oh my god. <laughs> well, we'll have to rectify that. And, and um, I didn't see Dark Phoenix. Well, the, you don't ever time. have to see Dark Phoenix. Just watch more Doom. Watch Doom Patrol again. <laughs> anybody who wants to go watch Dark Phoenix, watch Doom Patrol again. Uh, let's get on to my girl now, though. You feel me? April Bowlby plays Rita Farr, aka Last Woman. And I'm in love. Yeah. I'm in love with this boo. actress. I just, I really dig that old timey. 
I did. You know what? I did. I did. I think that too, because you know, at the time with like chivalry and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I forgot what her real name is. Gertrude Cramp. Yeah, I, I which kinda... she gives that to Big D. <laughs> That's the name she gives to Big D <laughs> in uh, in uh, in Florida when her and Cliff go to the bar. Um, but what I think is, I I feel like so Robot Man doesn't have a face to remote, right? And Negative Man doesn't have a face to remote. Cyborg has half of a face, and um, Crazy Jane can always just pop into another body. Rita's the only one that's always Rita. Rita's the only one that's always her, besides when she's a blob. Um, and she has three or four really powerful monologues in this. One of them is where she's talking to um, Elliot, the unwritten book, mm-hmm. and she's like, you're not going to die? Like, Don't worry about it. What do you want to do? We'll do anything. What do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. Let's just do that. Because even though the world's ending, we still have now. And then he disappears. And you just see oh, yeah, you just, just see her yeah, her man. whole mood and her whole face and all of that. But my my what won me over is the speech slash monologue she gives to the old man in the hospital. Where she's talking about the she's she's like right uh, and that the, uh, yeah okay I know who you're talking about yeah because, uh, late afterwards Mission nobody, nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody yeah. <laughs> but um where she's like um that that spotlight's intoxicating you know and and all all of that and how she didn't she doesn't deserve anything matter of fact no you know what got me therapy patrol where she talks her way up the stairs that's what got me because okay. she goes maybe I'm a piece of slime maybe I'm I've always been a piece of slime. Well, I guess it's time to be the best damn piece of slime <laughs> I can meet. It's funny because when you when you mentioned that um that talk she had with with Homeboy the open book. Yeah. Um I I felt like she was starting to come around like that was a little piece. This was going to be redemption. Gonna be, yeah. This was going to be redemption because she could save a life as opposed to the one that she she fears. Cuz to me if, was any, if anything I feel like she was the last one to hit that switch of starting to come around. But what, what are you? What are you together? doing? And by the way, you won't die from up here. It's only two floors. It's only two floors. <laughs> <laughs> you probably break an arm or leg. Oh my gosh! Uh, they we were we've been to two continents and up a donkey's mustn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> all of the all the old timey yeah, conversations. Really like the, yeah. All the, she's like, the Elliot. The world is terrible. People are liars. They wear Crocs. <laughs> All of that, bro. I don't know what it is. I think it's just because she's some she's so much from a different time. Yeah. That I think it was really uh really amazing. But Rita Farr is a former Hollywood actress who is exposed to unusual gases while shooting a film in Africa. Um, when Farr recovers, she discovers that her body begins to behave strangely, eventually realizing that she can expand or shrink her body at will, uh, from hundreds of feet tall to mere inches in height. Well, that's a comic book thing. Hopefully she gets that soon. Mm. When she gains greater control of her power, she discovers that she can enlarge one limb at a time. Um, but she finds herself unable to control her power through majority of this show, uh, turning into an amorphous blob whenever her emotions get the best of her. This forces her to stay in Doom Manor, hiding from everything and everyone, which is like the exact opposite of how she lived her life prior, right? All the cameras, all lights on me, and then I have to hide in this in this house or whatever. So I thought that was that was kind of poignant. Um, when Niles is kidnapped, she tries everything she can to be left out of the situation. At one point, Cyborg shows up, right? She's like, the hero's here. And she goes back upstairs. <laughs> goes back upstairs. Yeah. She's like, because Larry's like trying to talk her into like, come on, let's go find the chief. And she comes downstairs. She's like, oh, Cyborg? 
Superhero? I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Go back and keep doing what she's doing. Um, how you feel about, again, Cyborg calling her out? Um, not inviting her to the to the team meetings. I, not... <laughs> I felt it was kind of necessary because uh, it was it was kind of getting on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, listen, Rita, either you gonna get with the program or you not. You can't just dip your feet in the um in the water and then just be like nah and then just come back. Yeah, and want to just jump to be in down and, nah, with the team. Just jump in already. That's it. And her and Larry have a bit of a like a, a friendship relationship. I mean, they've been on the same right, in the same right, house right, for right, fifty same, years. Yeah. So um. But in the beginning, mostly, there's a lot of, like, if Larry's going, then I'm going. If Larry's not mm-hmm. going, then I'm not going. If anything, at first, I thought they were uh, a, an item. An item, yeah. Before you find out about mm-hmm. uh, Larry. Um, that's a that's an awesome uh, reader moment as well, is in the pilot. When they all leave the bus to go be with Cliff. Mm. Um, Niles goes, Rita, this is, this is wrong. And she goes, maybe. We'll be back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I'm going to do it because somebody has to do something. I thought that was really, really big. Um, it is revealed that she would figuratively feed young starlets to high-ranking Hollywood producers so she could remain in the limelight. The producers would use their power to sleep with the young starlets who are desperate for a break. One of these women, Mary Beth, becomes pregnant, and even when Rita advises abortion, she has a child and commits suicide. The death of Mary Beth haunts her to this day, and she never looks for the kid. I thought it was going to be revealed that the old man was the kid. <laughs> you know, like, I never did know my mom or something like that, but that never happened. But I also thought that the baby thing was way worse. Yeah, I, also I thought, thought she too. killed yeah, the baby. Me too. Me too. Because every every so often she'd get haunted by the screams of a baby or a carriage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I really thought it was way worse. And Donkey Patrol, she straight up gets played. Uh. Mr. Nobody's like, and even though she knows that this is an illusion, she's still, she's still, she's still hungry it. for yeah. the line. Like she'll still do anything to get here. But the the icing on the cake, the moment that that solidified Rita Farr as my favorite character on this show, her narrating, bro. When she starts narrating, oh, yeah, I thought that was, oh, yeah, that was so cool. I was like, all right, Rita, you here? Let's let, let, let's go. No more, no more your BS. No and more she, nothing. She goes let's like, go. and. We, and even though everything looked rough, Rita understood that everything was going to be just fine. He's like, don't, what are you doing? Are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what? and then she marched forward. And then she's like, um, you can't. She's like, forward and onward. <laughs> and then she's like, um, and suddenly she was reunited with all her oh, friends. Right. <laughs> and she turns around and there, bro, that had it I was White like, space. because it goes right back to that whole idea of not letting trauma define you. Stop letting people tell your story because they know the beginning of it. Oh, they know the the traumatic part of it. Mm-hmm. Because anyone could do that, right? Yeah, you broke up with your girlfriend. So then for years, you didn't do nothing and didn't believe in love. And love is for losers. And you drank and you smoked <laughs> and you threw all your life away. Because you never... Anyone could write the story of, of somebody who's given up. Mm-hmm. And when we find a lot of these people, they've given up. Oh, yeah. Larry's done. <laughs> Rita's not trying to have any of this. Crazy Jane can't pick a personality. You know... Cliff, and we'll get to him, stares outside of a window for 40 years. For 40 years, he can't be willed to do anything because of the just the, the weight of everything on his shoulders. And so for her to finally be like, and she says it, like, I'm tired of people trying to write my story. I'm tired of people trying to tell my story. And so when she did that, bro, I was like, nah, I mess with you. I mess with you. Uh, you know, uh, the person who is breathing is me. <laughs> <laughs> the person who is breathing is me. Um, 
we're, get, we're I'm gonna leave uh, the chief and nobody last. So that means we have to go to our main man, the man who's with the plan, the man who's been killing it this entire time, Brendan Fraser, playing Cliff Steele, and uh, I think his um my man, what's his other guy's name? Oh yeah, Riley Shanahan, and I had to say that guy's name because again, great work in that suit, great work in that robot suit. Um. Cliff Steele's a successful race car driver, but terrible husband and father. After being involved in an accident that killed his wife and left his daughter an orphan, um, now Colder sub- sub- subsequently placed Cliff's intact brain into a robot body. Cliff suffered from a frequent depression because he viewed himself as less than human, and this happens in the comics as well as in the um, as in the show. What kills me in the comics that happens in the comics and also in the show, like literally breaks my heart, is this little 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 moment. Where he's sitting on he's sitting on the floor and he's banging his head <laughs> on the wall, and Niles walks in and he goes, "I can't feel nothing." Yeah, that kills me every time he says it. Yeah. he says it. He's like, "I he can't feel can't nothing." Feel anything. I, no matter where I hit, no matter how hard I hit, I can't feel nothing. And then he goes, "That's pretty shitty of you, Doc." And it's such an odd opinion to have. Mm-hmm. It's shitty of me to not allow you to feel pain, because pain to a lot of people is an escape. Right. And so to take or away to that feel, escape, or to feel anything, anything yeah. yeah. And so to take all that away, what an odd perspective to have. He just wanted to feel the pain of losing everything, and he can't. He still gets to live. His mind's still wide awake mm-hmm. in this robot body, and that happens in the comics as well. And I, it broke my heart. Um, even though Cliff was a jerk in his past, he awakens to find that um, that yeah, like he said, he's in a robot body. And so the majority of the series, he's in search of his humanity, and I guess whatever lingering family he has left uh he finds solace in jane and she becomes almost a surrogate daughter as he learns to become a better man in general um let me talk a little bit about brendan fraser uh brendan fraser got married with uh his wife in 1998 and then they got uh, divorced in 2007 so that's what 12 years ago Mm -hmm. so in early 2013 just six years ago um, he had to petition the courts to get a reduction of his alimony because he was supposed to pay $900,000 a year cool. in alimony. And he wasn't, he obviously in 2013 was not making, yeah. you know, a million dollars a year to give away. <laughs> you understand? Um, but they tried to sue him and say he was hiding money. So he was going through that. While going through that, um, he was also trying to rehab off of several huge injury sustained while filming The Mummy. He, I didn't even know about that, he, though. He, uh, he, he had to go under several surgeries over a period of seven years, including a partial knee replacement, a laminectomy, a, and vocal cord surgery. And now you see, you know, I mean, the guy doesn't look as fit as he used to, but man, I still love him. He's like a family member at this point. You know, Brendan Fraser. So, so many of those movies exist in my childhood jungle to jungle not jungle yeah. georgia the jungle and uh, encino man and the mummy all, all of them and so it was such a i didn't realize how much comfort i would find in him being back i've been gone with him yeah. this, this long but on top of that maximus <clears throat> fraser alleged in the summer of 2003 that he was sexually assaulted by Philip Burke, the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. The incident and his subsequent divorce launched Frazier into a depression, combined with his health issues and a backlash within the film community over him speaking out against Burke. And he believed that that was the cause of his decline. So holy 
hell. That's crazy. Is man. he not Cliff Steele? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Is he not somebody who literally had everything taken away from him? Like, man, I want to hug him. I want to find Keanu Reeves and make Keanu Reeves <laughs> hug him. <laughs> because all this love for Keanu Reeves, but somebody hug Brendan Fraser, man. Somebody, somebody let him know that it's going to be all right. Um, his, even though he had a rat in his mind. <laughs> yeah, for that episode. That was... This speech in, um, in, in, uh, Therapy Patrol kills me because he goes, shit's the same. Same fights, same apologies, over and over, a vicious cycle. Maybe Clara's lucky she got out. Um, maybe that's why I can't call Clara. Because the second I'm, I, uh, the second thing I'm going to have to explain is how the fuck am I alive and why it's me. Why is it me, not her mom, who came back? It should have been Kate. Oh, God, it should have been Kate. And that's when he starts to rock on the floor. Oh, yeah, on the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, down, oh, yeah. boy. But talk to me about Cliff Steele, bro. I think he's hilarious. He is our um, our entry into the Doom Patrol because mm-hmm. he really didn't get to meet everybody because he was ha- hanging out by the window for 40 years once uh, Niles tells Because Niles initially tells him that everyone's dead. And it isn't until he's ready to leave that Niles is like, oh, yeah, by the way, you killed your uh, wife and you killed your daughter. And then Niles doesn't even tell him about Clara being alive. It's yeah. Jane who does. Jane's like, just Google her. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so how did you feel about Cliff Steele in this? What um, are some of your favorite Cliff Steele moments? Um, to be honest, I feel like he was very, very necessary with everything. Like... Lightens the moods when it when it comes down to all the serious stuff. Um, he's jo- obviously he's very he's not very jokey, but um, his I wanna what I wanna. He's a sad clown, right? Yeah, yeah. He's so yeah. tragic. Um, the scene where he goes to Karen's house and Karen's like, "Yeah, you're kind of creepy. Can you just stay outside?" Like. <laughs> and and then he stays outside and the little kid comes little kid with the robot suit. The little kid passes by first amazing? and then he comes by with the robot suit and then he starts dancing in it's front of the house. It's such a little scene, but that was so amazing. Yeah. That was so cool to see him still in touch with humanity like that. Um, and I, I I dug all his stuff with Cyborg because he's like the ultimate Cyborg. Like he's all the way yeah. robot. <laughs> and so all the jokes about like him not being um like the like the most updated version or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. Sidus is like, I could have built you a body, but Niles decided he wanted to do it his way, and so this is what you get and stuff. Um, he can't eat toast. He can't smoke weed. At one point, uh, Jane blow, uh, hot boxes his face, and he's like, oh, nothing? Like, nothing? <laughs> he's like, nope, He can't do anything. Nothing. He can't, he can't feel, can't eat. He can't even orgasm, bro. He had to My fake man it. Cliff. He had to fake it. My man Cliff can't even orgasm, bro. Um, what about when he got knocked down a peg when he gets to the ant farm and they're like, we got a toaster that can talk. Like, <laughs> like we captured you with a magnet. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we, a brain inside of a robot is not a big deal here. We literally have brains inside of all kinds of robots. And the, the scrap uh, oh, the, sticker the on the side. And then when Jane pulls it off, pulls it off the, um, yeah. the S. And then Flex starts crap. to laugh and he's like, it says crap, doesn't it? <laughs> but that tone, man, that tone of just, you know, uh, he, he really plays sad and broken well. And I don't know if you've seen the Brendan Fraser interview lately, but that's how he talks like in real life. He's He talks like this now. Mm-hmm. And he's real just like, oh, I'm just happy to live life. And he's just like, what's going on in your mind, Brendan? What's going on in your life? I feel like with, with all that that we just mentioned and some yeah. of the stuff that I didn't even know about, Yeah. Um, 
if anything, I feel like he really, he really stepped into that role, yeah, very well, and I feel like he played off of his real life stuff. And what an odd role to choose. He didn't choose to be in the next Mummy. He didn't choose to be in a in a sitcom on ABC. Mm-hmm. He didn't choose. You know, this is a very niche, very small, in the scheme of media, mm-hmm. on a comic book streaming service. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a very small role. Some some would seem. But perfect, fits fits him like a glove. Um, like you said, all the scene, all of Jane Patrol, all of Jane Patrol was like, I'm just here for Jane. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just here for Jane. Yeah, uh, um, I wanted I wanted to get into that too because when he's in, when he's not a robot and he's just in the jacket and stuff like that, that was that was one of my real favorite parts too. Jane yelling at him, "This is the one place I don't want you to be. Just go." Like you're you're in my head. This is the most private. You're not even supposed to be. Yeah, here. <laughs> you're not even supposed to be here. This is the most private thing here. Um, what? Oh, what about? Um, I'm the only one in this house that likes you, and I only like one sixty fourth of you. Damn, that was damn. Good. That was a deep cut right there. But man. she has said like you're never gonna be a father. I'm never yeah, gonna be a daughter. Had, some kind to of. To be that. honest, I was um, I was like, damn, but I was like, but still, she didn't say them some. Busted stuff to you, bro. yeah, all, like all day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was uh, that was kind of a long time <laughs> like coming. In, the, in that pilot, Rita's like, um, "Hello, Jane," and she's like, "Fuck off, Rita." <laughs> and I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, "Damn, no one could, can't nobody be nice to anybody in this show." They they always are constantly digging at each other because they're all miserable, so they're always picking at each other. Um, I thought that the race car thing was gonna go further. Him building that whole little toy race car. <laughs> Uh, setup thing. Um, uh, but that doesn't really go anywhere. How you feel about him, Clara, and Bump? That whole that whole situation where, uh, the man who is sleeping with his wife ends up being the adopted father of it's his like, daughter. Oh nothing. Oh nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. Just, just kind of would make a man sleep with. It's crazy. Like a man would sleep with somebody else's wife. Whatever. <laughs> like, and like what? He's like, Don't I, worry I about thought it. he really needed to be careful there because um. I mean, he was either gonna. It's gotta be hard to be there, yeah, though, right? Man. Yeah. And have somebody that you love talk that about that's somebody else. The thing I was gonna say next, because he went to go get the watch. Yeah. Well, he went to and go. He, was he go went to go comfort Clara first, mm-hmm. and then he realized that Clara loves, uh, bump. bump. And so, he she doesn't need, uh, comfort from me. She just needs what she is missing, and it's this watch. And all the talk of bump, right? Like, yeah, bump was the type to just run in and. Got eaten by that damn gate. I kept telling him not to go to that <laughs> gate. Even got eaten by that gate. But I'm like, well, I'm, I'm kind of glad for that whole thing too because when he she, when he brought her the watch, I kind of feel like it clicked yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Because you see the look in her face. Do you oh. do you want more Clara? Still, uh, Cliff, uh, season two. Do Cl- you think? Do you think he closed that door? That's the he's, uh, he's handing that off to let her have a good life. Or? I don't think. I don't think it. I don't think it's completely closed. If anything, I feel like Clara should be the one to come around next time. If that's the case, you think he'll, she'll she'll know? I I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Think, I got I got upset? that. I, huh? Think she'd be upset? Oh, shoot, man! That, that's time. gonna be that. Yeah, that's that's gonna be all. But of, he that's, is. that's gonna be a mess. That's a mess already. I like that scene in Francis Patrol too, where she, he's like, she's like. He's like, what am I supposed to do? Tell her that I got into a car accident and then they put my brain into a robot and then I've been trying to see her but I've been scared of how she's going to think and I, I just love her and I miss her and we're just like, and they really yes, like, yes, that's exactly, yes. That's exactly what you should tell her. Uh, all of that's really, really good. I did not damn near get killed in um, whatever the Congo to die in the swamp 
all that stuff. Great stuff. I'm trying to think of more uh, Robot Man. All the cursing. We don't even yeah, need to curse on this show. I know, yeah, fuck I never, you forever. Yeah. Hilarious. I never, Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. I've never heard Brendan Fraser curse that much. And or he curse, deserves or, it. Or any cursing that much on a on a on a um on a um superhero show to begin with. <laughs> if he's gone this far in his life, like if all those things that we were talking about is true, like if all the right, right, all right. that is true, then he deserves Go ahead, to curse. Yeah, let it out. Curse, <laughs> curse it all, curse all willy nilly. Um he he sacrificed himself and gets torn in half by the pup by the puzzle man, by um Daddy, as he's called, sweet, sweet baby. Sweet, sweet baby. My God, that's scary. Um, uh, do you think him and Jane are good? Because he's trying to feed Jane in the last episode. I think, I think <laughs> him and Jane ain't nothing, but ain't nothing, ain't nothing that um some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches without the crust. Oh, mold, those beginning, you know? those, those beginning times where she was dropping those sandwiches was breaking my heart, man. Mm. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this breaking my heart. My man puts jelly smiley faces, smiley faces. in the sandwiches. Yeah. But let me tell you something about that, uh, Maximus. That That's a little bit deeper. She can't see that, that smiley face. That smiley face is for him. Yeah. He puts that smiley face because he's making it with love. Mm-hmm. Once that sandwich is crushed, you can't see that yeah. smiley face. He made every sandwich he made for Clara and for Jane with love. And on many, many occasions... 19 of us is gluten-free. Three of us got a peanut allergy. <laughs> and she uh, throws the sandwich, and it, it kills me. And then one day, Baby Doll wakes up. He wakes up with Baby Doll um, next to him. Mm-hmm. And she gets up. She's like, don't touch me, doing all that kind of craziness. And it, it was just like, every time you think they get close, um, they take a couple steps back. And in Jane Patrol, you see that the, their first encounter is viewed as a bad memory because it's the beginning of Jane having hope. Yeah. What a what a yeah, hell of a I was so that I was like, oh, What a hell shoot, of a, a a way to think of that that whole thing. Um cuz you gave a hope. But overall what kills me is that he says it. All he wants cuz at one point he's like, you know, I don't even want you to do this. I don't even, I just want you to feel safe. And that's all she really wants. So it kind of goes hand in hand there. Uh Cliff and uh Jane in that sense. And Jane drugging herself, bro. Drugging herself oh, to and the, um with the with the um like the the serum I call it whatever the quiet serum yeah where all the voices just lay down and fall heartbreaking mm-hmm. heartbreaking and he and he keeps bringing her food still <laughs> oh yeah because he doesn't care he's gonna do it every day um that devotion you know he feels like he owes his family that and this is his family now and so he's able to give that but what's a family without a father figure. Let's talk about the squeaky clean Niles Coleman. Oh man, Niles, I, the squeakiest I, of the cleaniest. You know, I, I like I like you, but then I I started not to towards the end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because your your secrets. Timothy Dalton uh, plays Niles Calder, aka the Chief, um, the leader of the Doom Patrol, and a leading doctor in medical science who specializes in finding those in need who are on the edge of death and in need of a miracle. In the comics, Niles' backstory is he's tied to creating a formula for General Immortus. General Immortus was in uh, the Brotherhood of Evil. You hear that a lot in mm-hmm. the show. Um, are you familiar with the Brotherhood of Evil? I feel like I'm, you might be kind of because that's how I was. Bit, I was bit. kind of familiar. Do you ever remember a gorilla with I, a beret on? You know, so um, <laughs> they um, when they did say that they mentioned the gorilla, I yeah. had to look it, look it up because I knew it wasn't God. Yeah, no, no, no. it's Monsieur <laughs> you know? Mala. 
And so those are the only two members I really knew. It was Monster and Mala, the gorilla with the beret and the bullets. And it's like and it's like eight of them there. Like the, yeah. the squad is kinda that that squad is kinda deep. So it's General Immortus, who that's who Niles makes the immortal serum for for. Um Monsieur Mala, who's the gorilla, the brain, which you hear all the time. Brain's mm-hmm. the leader. Yeah. But it's literally a brain, brain in a jar, and the jar has a skull on it. Um do you see the jar? You see the, in, yeah, uh, you see the jar. Doom Patrol Patrol. Yeah. When they're at the house. Yeah, and Doom Patrol Patrol. Um Say that five times fast, right? But she, he made that villain immortal. Uh, when we first meet Niles and Titans, he was still into making serums. Uh, and we realized that Niles isn't aging like normal. No one really is aging like normal. Yeah. So we're going to assume that they uh, he gave some kind of special formula to everyone. Um, in the series, Niles... Oh, sorry. Chief's slow aging process isn't tied to science at all in the show. Doom Patrol goes in a drastically different direction instead connecting Niles' long-lasting life to something of a mystical nature. In the series, Niles is a former member of the Bureau of Odysseys until he met, fell in love, and fathered a child with Slava, an immortal primitive woman. Hoping to live long enough to protect their immortal daughter, Niles experiments on people who are near death. He then uses the results to get him closer to his goal of immortality. He chooses to leave the Bureau, which ended up changing to the Bureau of... Normal. Normalcy. Normalcy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because initially, what was it? They were just trying to hunt it for research. Like, not hunt it, but discover. We're explorers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, I'm not an animal. We're not animals. <laughs> All that. He acted his ass yeah, up in did, those scenes, did, bro. Did. What? Am I just a toy? Huh? Am I just a, a plaything for play you? Thing for you. Oh, so good. <laughs> it's lava. I guess that was um. That was the first time I actually heard the name. Her name. Uh, I don't. I'm not too sure if he said it on uh, in the show, but yeah, yeah. Her, her name is Slava. Um, he creates the accidents that befall the Doom Patrol, making him look like the hero who saved Larry and Cliff and uh, Jane and and um, Rita, but ultimately has to answer to Eric Morden. It, it is Eric Morden, an enemy of his past who was granted special powers by Nazi doctors. He's kidnapped by Morden, and the majority of the season's plot is getting him back. The last thing I wrote here was, is Niles is defiant, semi-self-righteous, and really convincing. (laughs) Because him yelling at at Slava, Mm -hmm. him yelling at nobody at one point, he goes, I don't care what you do to them. You're not going to break me. You will n- I will never give you the satisfaction. Yeah, when he said like, that, I was like, word? I was like, I was like bro, we taking that on. kind of stance? Because they looking for you right now. They, you know hard, what I mean? Hard, hard. Yeah. And they're going through like every trauma imaginable to do so. And you are not. Like, you're you want to tell him in? that while they're, while they're there? <laughs> um, are you on the chief side? I was. Well, na- 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 uh, season, uh, season two, episode one of Doom Patrol. Are you are you still side eyeing? No, it's cold. I am. I I am. I am. I'm, I'm looking at him like, bro. I don't. I don't, can't really like. You know what I'm saying? Get down with you. Like I like I thought I was gonna. How was? Oh, another thing is um Timothy Dalton, is a very very famous actor and probably very very um, highly paid, mm-hmm. and so they 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 seemingly wrote around the idea that they could only have him around for a certain amount of episodes. And it's the perfect plot. He yeah, just he gets just kidnapped. Gets kidnapped. And so you're able to have him in the beginning, you're able to have him in the end. And I think I think it uh worked perfectly. Mr. Uh Niles Calder. Did seeing him and the remorse on his face uh after years, did that do anything to soften your feelings for Niles? Because you like with Cliff, he is heartbroken. Mm-hmm. 
downright heartbroken. With Jane, he almost forgot that he was still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. He was like, wait, what? I did this a decade ago. You know, um, with with uh, Cyborg, Silas reads him the act. Silas reads yeah, him, him yeah. the filth <laughs> in that moment. And he's like, you think this is the same? You think what I did with, I'm doing with my son and what you did with those people are the same? Same? You think we're the same? Oh, yeah, all of that, he man. He gave him the business He there, gave man. him the business there. Um, and Eleanor knew. Oh, th- that too, right? You think my wife wouldn't tell me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot she had, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you thought, you thought my wife... And it's true, kind of, right? Like, it was, what you thought this was going to be? Now, Once I found out, it was, I, I, I kind of like that he kind of got the, the verbal slacking that he did. Yeah. Um. Cause I, I was, I was like, oh, it was your fault, bro. Come on, dude. Um. I really like before we get into our last character. I really like um the score of this. It's a lot of synthy mm-hmm, science mm-hmm, fiction, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like um real deep synth. Much, much more the, much like the score. I really like looking at the intro. The intro is pretty cool. I love that intro. Yeah, it's my favorite intro cool. right now in any show. On anything for a long time, it was Daredevil, right? And Daredevil was kind of pretty mm-hmm. amazing intro. Um, but Titans didn't have an intro, so this was this is a this was the first DC Universe exclusive show to have an intro, which is a humongous deal. And beautiful music, beautiful imagery, all tragic. All seeing robot robot man getting fused yeah, together, fused together. Um, Rita melting in the shower, all of that stuff, heartbreaking. And I marked every single time they used the theme in the show. Yeah, I like I like the way they did that too. How they how they would creep up, creep on up. They did like a like a like a romantic version when they're doing the wedding of uh, Doug and Karen. Um, they do like a a really like kind of sorrowful one when uh, Flex loses his his wife, and then he flexes. It starts playing the theme song, <laughs> whatever. But my favorite one was in. I think it's Flex Patrol when Rita comes back with Cyborg and everything. No, she comes back by herself. She had just finished having the pep talk or whatever, so now she's feeling good. And she's like, we're all about to... For nows. For nows. For now. And the, Do- and the yeah. Doom Patrol music starts to play. I was like, my boy, Let's finally, we're about to yeah. get it. Like, by that time, I... And that never happened to me before. By that time, I'm like, I know you all. Let's get Let's it. Go, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Let's, Let's get it. Finally, we got it all over. Everything handled. Let's go. God. Um, but, as we find out, no matter what they thought they had handled, Everything was orchestrated by Alan Tudyk as Eric Morden, a.k.a. Mr. Nobody, who debuted in the comics uh, in September 1989. Um, after being kicked out of the Brotherhood of Evil and replaced by a gorilla uh, and broken up with, Morden desperately sought to prove he wasn't a nobody. He journeys to Paraguay and undergoes an experimental procedure by the hands of Heinrich von Fuchs. Yeah, which Fuchs. which involves drawing metahuman powers with from another um sorry drawing metahuman powers from other dimensions as they were conducting the experiment in the chamber am i right um now destroys the chamber right um because i was doing this thinking too and i feel like i remember in puppet patrol now showing up <laughs> with like a gun or something like that and causing like a mishap or did he get everything that he wanted to I thought, I thought, um... He got everything he wanted? I, th- I want to say he did. But they didn't... They I didn't felt like home- him and Niles met in that, at that time. That's why they knew. Remember, because he goes, 
He goes, Morden. And he goes, yes, Morden. You haven't seen me since. Oh, stop. Or something like that. He starts screaming random stuff. Um, and they, he calls him for a long time Paraguay. Yeah, but th- when they went, when they went, didn't they, like, did they not? When they went to Futopia? Futopia. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't they, like, ransack that whole thing? They did, but they first they saw a, a puppet show that depicted the uh, Mr. The, yeah. Morden's uh, origin, I believe, and now Scolder showed up. Oh, no, I think now Scolder shot. Henrik yeah, von he what's his he face? Did, That's he who he shot. He, he shot Henrik von yada yada von Fuchs von Fuchs von Fuchs. Von Fuchs. Um, uh, boom 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 boom. Yeah, they repeated the mine is the limit, and he exposed him to some unknown energy source. As a result, Morden's body was distorted as he gained destructive powers. As a result of von Fuchs procedure, Eric Morden was exposed to other dimensional energy, mutating his biology and granting him otherworldly abilities. He can create vortexes, he has omnipotence, um, omnip- omniscience as well, where he can see everything. He becomes a narrator of the show. Mm-hmm. Breaks the fourth wall, um, can re- warp reality, can turn back time, as we saw with the creator, with the uh, sending Jane back, or going back in time to talk to the Jane that starts the cult of the recreator, decreator stuff. Um, and he's, I guess, immortal because he's lived as long as Niles has right. at this point. Talk to me about Mister Nobody. <laughs> so, um, my um, my Trinity, my favorite, my Trinity as far as favorites go for the show is goes Robot Man, Crazy Jane, and Mister Nobody. Yeah, and in no specific order either. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. but I feel like he, I feel like he's like I said with um. With Robot Man, very necessary, a gem for the show, bro. Like um, the 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 narrating, awesome. Because if they had somebody to like narrate or want to narrate the the story, yeah, with with Mister Nobody and the powers that he has, with um with um being basically being everywhere and existing outside of space and time, yeah, perfect perfect person to narr- to to have narrate the show. Why not have somebody like that narrate the show? And with the show, and, the and with them bad. being so, being the big bad. with them being so broken and so damaged as heroes, um, it's cool to have a pessimistic narrator, right? Mm-hmm. Not one that's looking for the positive, but one that's going, yeah, it's just another crap superhero show, and yeah, look at them, they're still moaning and and and, and, and complaining. Yeah, and at some point, I popped because he had mentioned the streaming service too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. He, or when he, when he shows up in the Decreator episode, he's like, I haven't even been here for the last two episodes. Yeah, <laughs> so I kind of like gotta gotta save help save the save the world. He puts these guys through a ringer that, when you look back and think of it, probably no villain has ever done. When you consider the scope of what Mister Nobody has done to these people, mm-hmm. sending them to the Doom Patrol, sending them to um to Danny, all the stuff with Flex, like um all the stuff with the Bureau of Normalcy, all 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 of it, like. Morden is is going up there in my head as like one of the big bads of like of all time, just because of how much trauma he was able to impart on these people. Um, but my favorite Miss Mr., uh, uh, Mr. Nobody episode is one that I don't think you care too much for, which is the last one, where he finally <laughs> gets everything that he wants. Right, right. I was a big <laughs> fan. I was a big fan of him, like throughout the episode, like drinking and being like kind of like. 
almost over it, but not really over it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he makes two friends. Admiral Whiskers and Ezekiel the Cockroach. Ezekiel the Cockroach. And they become like a trinity <laughs> of evil of sorts. What was it that he said? <laughs> trinity, the, um... He named them, and I can't remember. Yeah. The animals, raises on the animals, or something like that. Oh, man. They're so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember. It's super hard, and I just saw the episode, too. Yeah, they were drinking, like, blueberry wine or something like that, and he was getting all drunk. And, um... That voice, man. I've seen Alan Tudyk, and he's played a bunch of different roles before. He played the chicken in Moana. I uh, think he played K two S O in Rogue One, and a bunch of other a uh, bunch of other roles in general. But this mustache twirling villain voice that he has yeah, is bro. perfect. That's money, dude. Perfect. And watching him emote while he does it is amazing too. That scene where he's making them, re- where he's making Niles rewatch the Doom Patrol die over and over again. Oh, when they come off the bus and they and they get and they're all wearing the, the red. Robot. That's yeah. the Doom Patrol colors, the, the, the red and white, um, and black and purple. That's the reason why uh, Beast Boy got black and purple. Mm. That's the Doom Patrol uh, get up there. Um, I kind of miss like Doom, Beast Boy would have been kind of cool in this, to be honest. But I, but I get I get why they why they didn't go there. Um, but yeah, I I think when you see. Um, the lengths that Morton is willing to go for revenge, and then he gets it, and it's not what he it's wants. Not, yeah. Um, and you know he, but but right before then, he he's really hell bent on it. Like, yeah. and I and I like how quickly they switch that, right? Because there's a there's a Cause, yeah, scene cause of him legit celebrating. He's got a somewhat a, somewhat of a loose end. <laughs> yeah, there's legit a celebration happening. You know, he's legit celebrating, mm-hmm. and then he's like, he's like this this feeling of revenge will never go away, and then instantly he's on the floor with the bottle, like. What? They're saying that this is a I'm a bad villain and this is a bad ending to the show? I thought all of that was was amazing. Um him for he forced Niles to tell mm-hmm. everybody what happened. Um he made them think they won just to take it back again. That he just... kinda sorta does win. Yeah. Kinda sorta does he gets win. away. Kinda sorta he's yeah, in the painting. Kinda, yeah, in the painting. He's in, in the, the painting, painting but I'm, uh I, that's what I'm what I'm saying. Like I know he's not he's not gone. Yeah. So I know he's still there, so I'm kind of happy about that. If anything, I hope he narrates in the next freaking season. How do you feel <laughs> about Mr. Nobody's promises in the white space? When uh, he was willing to give everybody well, their life, their life back, seemingly, in another, I guess, in reality. In reality and stuff, things like that. Yeah. Um, I thought the white space was cool, but the the fact that he was trying to play off everybody's, um, everybody's, like, I don't want to say sense of betrayal from Niles, but him not telling them what really happened, or why they're there, that everything was basically his fault. Yeah. Um, I think he was just trying to play off of that, and them being very vulnerable because they they see it looked like they turned their they turned their back on him because of finding them finding out that all this was basically his fault. Well, his fault, but you know his doing. Um, what about my favorite part of that whole episode when they, when you know they thought they defeated him? They don't want to fight him. They don't, and he's pissed. <laughs> and he's yeah, he's. he's pissed. Like, what do you mean you don't want to fight? Me? And he's like, no, I kind of feel bad for you. And yeah. Chris, like, I kind of feel bad for you. I don't want to fight you now. It's all over a girl. Come on, man. <laughs> like all of that, bro. That I was there for all of that. Yeah, like, I was I was kind of laughing when they broke it down that way too. There's, like, there's so many different things that they allude to that are gonna happen and they just don't do it or they or they cut past it 
um, when they're doing the time stuff for the decreator recreator stuff, you get glimpses of Jane's origin, and he just like fast forwards through it. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Is this the part where Jane gets all the powers for the sixty-four person?" Well, that's not what we're looking for. So let's go. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> let's just go somewhere else. Um, yeah, I I love Eric Morden. I think the biggest thing that makes him cool as a villain is the idea that uh, one he's just enjoyably entertaining, mm-hmm. period. But also, um, I find that he's still incredibly threatening. He's still incredibly scary when right. he needs I to like, be. I, he's still incredibly dangerous. I when really he needs like to his be. his That's real important. his real form. Yeah. That um, they granted they didn't show it that that much. And the white space is cool because he claps. Yeah. He's he like, claps. oh, you guys want you guys want the and whole big boosh. showdown? Doosh. And then the music comes in, the real like technical music, and it's just like, this is so cool. Where? I want more of this Doom Patrol. I just want more of all of it. And I really um, like that episode too, man, because granted, he did give everybody what, each of them what they, I guess what they were honestly looking for. Kept but humping and going, yeah, I don't want this. I this want, is all exactly. this Exactly. And, and they, none of them want it. None of them want it because they've yeah. already accepted their life and themselves for how they are. Which is which the is, biggest yeah, thing Yeah, which this is show. the biggest thing yeah. on the show. And I, and I kind of feel good. Yourself, yeah. And I kind of feel good about that, especially for Rita because it took her a while, man. Yeah. It took her a while. And it took her opening up to some seemingly a stranger mm-hmm. to get that out. But it got to the point where they all feel like they deserve at least to be happy. Yep. Even, as long as it's not bothering anybody else, you know. And that's that's the true nature of the show. That, that That's what I really love about the show because I feel like, in hindsight, how many superheroes just, just look so squeaky clean now mm-hmm. in comparison mm-hmm. to this show? Like these, these are these are my boys because they're flawed like me. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like they have problems like me. They go through. They make mistakes like me. They get emotional like me. They get sad like me. They get brave. That's more know, of a realistic feel as they, far as the person feel goes. Like real people, real, and, yeah, real people. And also, it's a brilliant commentary on heroics. If you're waiting for the squeaky clean person to do the right thing, that may never happen because the squeaky clean person may never exist. And so you may you with flaws and all mm-hmm. might have to be the hero. You with all your problems, you might be the right person to save things. And that's something that Rita realizes, like, oh well, if we're the only ones, then I guess we're gonna have to. And Larry does it a bunch of times, like, let's go. And I like how Cyborg's like, um, Larry may not be a hero, but that thing inside of him is. And I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. And I like when um Jane tapped Cyborg's chest and said, Siri, who's the Doom Patrol? Oh, that was so funny. She did that like twice, right? <laughs> She's like, hey, Siri, Siri who's, the Doom Patrol? who's the Doom Patrol? Um, Well, definitely, I- I'm just gushing at this point, but I'm just going to start naming off some random other uh, side characters that we meet in this, and you just let me know what you think, and then we'll wrap this thing up. I'm just so happy to talk about this show. It's made me so much joy in comparison to Dark Phoenix. But uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about Fugtopia. How do you feel about all those Germans all being controlled by Heinrich von Fuchs? Um, when they, when they, I wasn't expecting him to be in like this makeshift iron lung. That was creepy as <laughs> That hell. was, yeah, that was creepy. That be, I couldn't tell that if it was a real person or a puppet. looking at the tube. You think it was a real person? Neck. Uh, was it a real person? Could have been. Looked like could've a puppet been. too, though. <laughs> could have been. Um... That, and that the was, person churning him yeah, the, to make just, him do stuff. Just yeah, the person uh, turning him was kind of creepy because he was just like emotionless, just turning. And, and he turning, like gets stabbed. You think he's turning. dead? And he just crawls back up uh, and he's talking. Oh my gosh, so scary. Um, Cliff and his murder rampage in Fugtopia. I thought that was cool. Um, Jane didn't think that. Was it cool. was. Um, <laughs> Jane was not about um, that. I got. Um, it's funny because I got. What was it? Was it there? 
I got um, I kind of got like Daredevil hallway vibes yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I got Watchmen, <laughs> but I really, but, but they're completely, Watchmen. but they're completely different. Granted, they're um, they're kicking butt in the hallways and stuff, but it's just Cliffs is way messier. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, I mean, especially when he rips somebody in half and throws that half. Yeah, at throws that half and he hits him with somebody else. Yeah, I really, I really like the goriness into that. Somebody got the bang for their buck because somebody becomes animal, vegetable, mineral man. Yeah, talk to me about animal. Vegetable. So um, it's funny because I, I knew he was well while they were going in. Um, they did a good job of making me um forget that he was even even there with everything else that was going on. Yeah. Um, so I had. A, Assume that he didn't stick around. And that's a comic book character. Too. You know? Looks just like that. Yeah. With, so when, with like a tree so hand, when he came a rock out, hand. so when he came out, the machine, I was like, and then I saw the like I guess the raptor. <laughs> like, what? like what? And and then that's not the last time you see him. He tries to rob a bank. He tries to rob a bank, and then not even the bank, a uh, convenience store, and then he oh, gets yeah, yeah, yeah. he gets bitten by his um by his other head by the raptor. And the raptor and gets goes, charged with aiding and abiting. <laughs> and then when he goes to go do his court case. He gets shot Somebody by, by one of the yeah, yeah, people show up and shoot him. <laughs> so it's like, oh my god, I thought he was so hilarious. Um, animal vegetable mineral man. How do you feel about Kipling? That whole recreated, decreated Nernheim stuff. You um, said, um, I, I think off air that the, those are your favorite episodes. Huh? They're um, the most bonkers. Yeah, I really like, I really like that episode, especially yeah. especially Kipling. Um, I knew he wasn't gonna be Constantine but when I first saw him and I saw the direction the episode was going I was kind of like please <laughs> in, I, in a way I, this week I actually sent you a voice clip from Kipling where uh, he um, Larry asks him when's the world gonna end and he's like 19 minutes and oh, he's like for real the creator <laughs> shows up and everything starts disappearing yeah he's he, like when's the world gonna end he's like in 19 minutes like for real he's like I don't fucking know I was, that was a good job because I was like, ah, oh, they gave you time to actually let that hit you. Yeah. And then it's like, ah, oh, and then he says he doesn't know. He doesn't like, know. Oh, my God. It's so funny. All his lines are so funny. Um, he's like, this guy's not a book. He's just a, a tool. He <laughs> 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 had all the, all the, like, the weird scribbles all <coughs> writing on him. Um, staring contest, bro. That was cool. That was cool. I liked that. Um, I actually thought it was quite terrifying when that, when that news reporter first disappears. Oh, when, when the newspaper was like, it's looking at me. And then she disappears and then just... Everybody starts... People start... And I didn't find it was into Infinity War. No, no. I thought no. it was I thought it was actually pretty cool um, and absolutely scary. Just the idea of like that random, like what the hell uh, craziness. Um, although they're not main characters, let's... I really, really, really want to talk about the OG Doom Patrol, bro. A team so broken... That they put them Dude, back episode, in the house. Yeah, that episode was kind of was kind of intense. Once you find, once you really get deep into intense it, intense as yeah, hell, bro. man. Uh, seeing Mento, Steve Dayton, uh, former date of Rita, um, using mental powers to create a group illusion so they could keep thinking that they're still superheroes, but they're old and tortured every day of their lives. That scene of them getting ready for that photo, and then the camera moves the camera and moves goes and back. He, yeah. Breaks my heart. The music it's such a perfect day. Um that was big, man. Yeah, that was that was, was kind of that big. was a mind trip that I was not expecting in this show. And it just it also shows you the the depths that Mr. Nobody would go to. Like, this is what he would do to you. Stop. Like there's constant signs of like you don't want to mess with this man. Even Danny's like, oh, Mr. Nobody? Yeah, yeah, on your own. I ain't, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. But watching those, we're watching those 
that old version of them. And just the color palette of everything being so dark and gray in the in the mansion. And this guy, um, Josh, who's just gonna keep drugging them and keep babysitting them. I guess keep keeping yeah. on the keep keeping on the thing. And then, I've, and then the other thing, right? The uh, idea of of um, Jane supposedly having to live having here a root, and, yeah. and probably being in the group illusion. You know, uh, really, really scary stuff. Um, I love that they play that whole uh, hot diggity dog zippity song. <laughs> they play it uh, twice. They play it when um, when they show Morden's plan of a big butt shaped balloon with a with a jukebox attached the to it attached that turns it. cops into pinatas, pinatas and then people rip the pinatas in half. I was I was waiting for that to go left, bro. Yeah. Oh, and they come back yeah, to life. I was, yeah, I was waiting yeah. for that to go left. I was um, expecting. I was expecting for. Like an illusion to wear the illusion of that to wear off and just see them biting into the officers and stuff oh like that. God, I was, yeah. I was brace, kind of bracing but myself. But what's, what's funny is the way they, they do it, you can almost imagine it. Yeah, you exactly. You can almost exactly. see it. And I yep. think that's the point. Um, yeah, that all of that bugged me out. And they, so they play that song when they when they go to that part of them um, with the butt thing. But the next time they play that song is when Niles has to see them die over and over and over and over again. <laughs> And he's like, no, 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 <laughs> no. He's like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, what's going on with you, chief? <laughs> he's like, just don't, just try just, to talk to it. Run away. Careful. Just run, just damn run. it. Run. Oh, so good stuff. Uh, great, great, great stuff. Um, yeah, we talked about morally corrupt. We talked about Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers. We're talking about the unsung hero, Beard Hunter. How do you feel about Man, Beard Hunter? this weirdo. <laughs> Man, listen. Could, were you eating when he when he tasted Niles Colder? <laughs> no, but I was I was I was watching very very carefully, and I was just uh, I, like it, it gave with us. Uh. Yeah, that's a that's a lot, bro. That's a lot. I kind of did like this half dry heave when he um, went into the sink. Yeah. Uh, oh uh. my gosh. And then and then starving over um. Over Cyborg's freaking chin. Yeah, like literally <laughs> looking at the, the, uh. the hairs. Uh, and then he eats it, and he can dodge Matrix-style mm-hmm. all of Cyborg's moves. He knows Cyborg's essence. That was bugged out. I thought that was pretty cool. I, but I liked all his stuff with his mom. <laughs> he hit the dials with his mom. I'm busy. I'm very busy. Mom, I need your help. Are you having trouble put on your costume again? It's not a costume. <laughs> all of that. Now it's colder. I'm coming for you. <laughs> all that. <laughs> Really, really good stuff. Uh, how you feel about Francis the Alligator? Francis the Alligator, and, he... and that and that 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 image of him and Cliff. So, so when I was when I thought about that, I was like, "That's a freaking big alligator." And I don't even think alligators even get that big. Yeah. So I thought there was something more to the alligator at first, but yeah. then I just assumed Cliff just went in there and grabbed the um grabbed the watch and that was it so i don't i don't know what happened to the alligator after that or yeah. even if he's still alive <laughs> yeah. so he took bump so who knows it might be back for revenge the butts you so, can't upset the butts so the butts can't upset they, they the had butts. teeth bro they all had teeth they, they all, were murdering they had people. teeth murdering butts murdering butts i like i said they're, they're, <laughs> it challenges you this show challenges you to, to say what the hell so let me get that all right so the room with the with the with the eyes, the room that with they the show eyes. that they kind of show you in that in that episode mm-hmm. was 
that was that um supposed to be the room with the butts? Might have, cause butts don't have eyes, but they have mouths. It was it was a um. What about, oh, did you see those people plugging in the those weird? Oh, that was weird. Yeah, just people, working working on the on the, the switchboard, the weird switchboards switch and stuff thing? like that. Yeah, those weird weird people. How they were just hung up and going across the I room like. and stuff like that. That's how I like how Sparky just handled them. He just got out of the body, started knocking them all out. Yeah. He was over it. But let's talk about the man who called them Sparky Flexman Tallow, known as the hero of the beach, the man of muscle mystery, uh, kidnapped by the Bureau of Normalcy and managed to escape with the help of the Doom Patrol. He flexes his muscles and he can manipulate reality in various ways. How do you feel about my man Flex Mentalo? Matter of fact, we also got to talk about Cliff's cameo on Sacred Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> which was oh, no. terrible, even though he says he got nominated for a daytime Emmy. Which yeah, this will, make, this will make you stronger and faster right away. Then, oh, oh, no. No. Oh, I'm Cliff Steele. I mean, I mean, I mean Flex, that was, you know, one of Flex Metallo's favorite shows. So, yeah. You know. Him um, and his wife were cute. Yeah. You know, she has an elbow camera thing. <laughs> Look at my elbow. What about that cat that he saves and it sucks him into oh, it? Or it sucks him <laughs> in? I was like, oh, come on. You can't trust any can't animal on this show. Anything, anything <laughs> in this show. So many things can go wrong. Um, Flex is a character. On the, he's, on the, he's on the team. He's on, he's a, oh, on the is team. he? Yeah, Grant Morrison. Uh, put him on the team, uh, so hopefully we see him in the future. Because um, he's the one who gets him in the painting, but what gets them out? The bomb? I think so. Something blows up. I know Danny becomes a brick, uh, beard hunter, and nobody gets stuck in the painting. And then, um, is aren't they all no, still small? Um, doesn't um, they break out of? Yeah, that's the... what happened. The bomb wouldn't affect a cockroach, so, so they, they all jumped into the, co- the cockroach. cockroach. Got out of the cockroach. They made the rat make out the cockroach because Cliff was in the rat. Because mm-hmm. the rat ate Cliff. Uh, both of these things were enlarged by um, Homeboy's uh, daughter. Niles' daughter has the power of reality manipulation, I guess, as well. And she's the one who creates these... Make them very kaiju-esque. <laughs> yes. And so, the when the roach is opened up, it's still regular size. Cause mm-hmm. It's on the brick. The only one that's normal size is like Larry, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's the only one, Larry. Yeah, but uh, then Cyborg cuts out of the, yeah, of the I guess the stomach of yeah. the of the roach. Yeah, and then it, it, the roach just falls over. <laughs> which 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 one of these things? Which all of these things do you want to see return if uh, they are able to do a season two? Um, I want a little bit more. Not a little bit more, but I want to see the underground again. I like the underground. Um, ah, I want to see Danny the Street. Yeah, I want to see some more Danny the Street. Actually, at one point becomes Danny the Ambulance, where it's it's an ambulance. When you open up the back of the ambulance, there's a whole world. Wow! <laughs> and at one point becomes a theme park called Dannyland. So maybe he comes back. Um, uh, hopefully that brick isn't the end of him. I actually think Danny the Street once joined the Teen Titans as well. So um, that's kind of cool. Admiral, Admiral Whiskers is dead, bro. <laughs> when? How do you feel about that ending in general? When the rat comes out and they legit do the rat origin story. The, the mother gets run over. Run over, oh, and that no. was that wasn't even intentional. But I laughed every time. Every time the the rat was talking to was talking to Cliff, and I guess they would show you the the closed caption for what the rat was saying. Yeah, and, and he was talking to nobody too, because nobody was like, "Use that power, that vengeance, <laughs> that wrath." And and the like the rat, I guess, would 
curse every every now and then. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny too. Um, <laughs> but when they did that, that was the thing that was like, this is my favorite show forever. Because I would have never guessed that. That Who would have wrote that down? Who would have wrote? And then a yeah, rat that's a, that's comes another, out of the robot. That, that's another thing too, yeah. But why is there a rat there? Oh, they killed his mother in the like the first episode. When they go out on the town, they run over his mother. And that's how uh, he's coming for revenge. And he gets into the hole that Cyborg blasts. Um, I, I, I dig that so much. Um, yeah, I want to see Morally Corrupt again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am... Uh, she says I'm like I am fantabulous personified or something like that. Which is <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I wanna see I don't wanna see the butts again. No but, butts. Butts More are butts. weird. Kipling could come back. Yeah, hell yeah. Kipling could come back. Um, Definitely. How'd you feel about everyone kinda sort of saying, You know a different now is colder than I do? Almost everybody said that oh, to yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> and then I was just like, So, who, so who's who, now yeah, colder? <laughs> who are we looking for? Cause who was it? That said oh uh, then but then um, Homegirl ended up debunking it that. It was Flex. Week. Yeah, it was Flex. Yeah, because Flex, Flex was like, the chief, twin, he's a no he's, good son of son a, of a gun. His, his twin brother and stuff like that. I was like, what <laughs> no, when I started hearing on? that, yeah. I, was like, I was like, this better not be it because this is way too much for me. I That was going to be too much for me. I was like, then what are we looking for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been way too much for me. But um, no, I definitely like that. I don't know virtual minimum think he's dead. You don't think so? I don't think he's dead. I hope he's not dead. I mean, he's half rock. Well, he's a quarter rock, a quarter. <laughs> Sound like that. Um, um, I would like. Uh. Uh. Francis, I want to know if Francis the alligator is dead or not, or if Cliff just beat him, beat him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that would you be alligator. sad if Cyborg didn't return for the next season? Um. A little bit, because I started liking towards the towards halfway after. What's yeah. kind what's kind of cool is that we kind of do have a little bit of a breadcrumb to the next season because our team did not forgive Niles Calder. No, you didn't see that. They 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 didn't close. The they door went into that. the painting for Danny, and for the daughter. That's what Jane says at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, do you think that there's still undisclosed conversations that they need to have about all this? Um, I think so. Because they all just move away, right? Because he's got. They he find defi- out. He definitely has some explaining to do, man. Is that what happened? They found out, and then they just move away for a year. Something like that. Something like that. And because because old girl Larry and Rita had their own house. But they end up coming. They end up just doing doing the whole shtick for for his daughter. How do you feel about Rita Farr, uh, drama teacher? <laughs> Um, I it broke my heart that she was so hurt by them. Yeah, them kids I was being just about kids. to mention that too, man. They, I was they, like, "What are you gonna do, man?" I was like, "I get it," because I was I was there kids, too, yeah. you know. But uh, what they the hell? miserable little snot-nosed kids, and they just want to get a rise out of you, so they're gonna say anything. But she legit was one of the one of the kids ended up texting her some something crazy. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I don't know. I never had the phone number of my teacher, so <laughs> for real. But I did like that she used the line from the school play to the roach. Or to yeah, yeah, to yeah that was yeah. yeah he, I know you just wanted to, to devour get, me. To get, yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really good stuff. And she, matter of fact, put some more respect on my girl. Yeah, you see, what, you see what I'm saying? Because she convinces nobody to get back into it. She's like, you lost if you if you say you lost, then you lost. But if you don't say you lost, you know, if you want to continue, nobody this, you will remember. It. Yeah, you want to re-narrate this whole thing. You want to take control back of this life. You can and. She was the one that was trying to relinquish the most control. She couldn't even keep herself together. Yeah, man. And now she's keeping the team together? Awesome stuff. Awesome character development. Um, we probably won't see much more torture from them, but to tell you the truth, now that we got past all these origin story stuff, 
adventures. Crazy yeah, and man. crazier adventures. That that, more that's out of the way. madness. More more craziness. Um I cannot overstate how much this felt like a breath of fresh air. I cannot say enough how much this felt like something that deserved to be watched as opposed to something that was just on TV in the background. <laughs> and I really, really dig it. And I hope that you guys have dug our um, recap uh, or review of the season one of Doom Patrol. You think I missed anything? Mm. That covered enough things. I'm excited for season two, though. Whenever yes. they, Whenever they decide to, you know. If they decide to do anything, oh, DC man, streaming that's... service with Swamp Thing being canceled. Shh, don't jinx it. I'm, we don't need uh, that kind of energy for Doom Patrol. We're working on opening up a Patreon here for uh, major issues where uh, for as low as a dollar, uh, you could help support the Major Issues podcast and comic book click and you get exclusive content only available if you're in the CBC Clubhouse. And I'm thinking of one of those things being a, a Swamp Thing uh uh, review because a lot of people don't know whether or not to even watch it at this point. Right. And so if it is something worth watching, it would be cool to chop it up about it on here. But for those extra special fans that are out there, but to any of you fans that are out there, if you're listening to me right now, thank you so much for uh, downloading this episode, hearing this episode, clicking on the link, whatever uh, choice you made, you made the right one because you came right in time for well, one of my favorite topic subjects uh, that we've covered so far as part of the Major Issues podcast. We're uh, 80 plus episodes at this point. Go back to our back catalog and listen to all of the uh, movie reviews, television show reviews, um, and uh, comic reviews. Do some damn comics on the comic book podcast. Who would, who would think that we would take take some time to tackle some books? Um, so, you guys... The easiest way to find us is wherever podcasts are found. It's Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, available on all iDevices. But if you have a regular phone, just search Major Issues Podcast on Google, and we're the first ones to pop right up. I've done it. It happens. We're the first result. Um, some people are a little bit weary about downloading podcast apps. Right, right. They don't know which podcast app to directly download. I mean, we I are, got, we're on Spotify, too. Yeah, we're on Spotify, and we're on YouTube. Ooh, um, we and Google Play. Um, so the big thing was that, um, like I said, a lot of people don't know how to how to or don't want to download an additional app. Right, and right. we are primarily sponsored on the Podbean app, mm-hmm. and so some people are a little bit weary of that. But if you own any kind of podcast app, you can get us. Uh, you can reach us through there, and we are working on some things behind the scenes to make sure that we can get to you guys even easier. We're gonna put those breadcrumbs uh, down there, but. Listen to our back catalog. Get ready for next week when me and Claudius Maxwell tackle Jessica Jones season two, three. three. <laughs> Find the final season of Marvel Netflix television. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, so. It's going down. So do me a favor, guys. If you guys are watching um, Jessica Jones season two and getting all hype and excited about it, um, is that next week? I think that's next week. Uh, make sure that you guys are writing into us and. Getting your opinions across because we are all members of the clique. I'm always here. I'm never alone because I always have a co-host and I always have you guys, members of the clique, listening along. So if you guys go and see Jessica Jones, you can reach us at facebook.com slash comic Instagram at comic or use the hashtag comic to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. You can contact us at Major Issues CBC or comicbookclick at gmail.com all of those links are in the show notes or the show description the episode description 
Um, and you can, we got merch. You can shop our merch. We got all things for you guys. All we ask is that you rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters. And um, it lets us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. You know, helps us really figure out uh, the lay of the land here. We love doing this for you guys, but let us know how we could best improve the experience, the podcasting experience uh, on behalf of the entire Click and the Major Issues podcast. Whew. I need a cigarette and I don't even smoke. <laughs> I I need a cigarette in the same way that we gotta talk about the orgasm scene. I need a cigarette in the same way that Beer Hunter gave that guy an orga- uh, the uh, <laughs> thing with the orgasm scene. Um, but yes, uh, my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I am your Cloudus Maximus, and this has been the Doom Patrol. Uh, should I get a more evil voice? And this has been the more Doom Patrol <laughs> <laughs> recap. For season one, and remember, whether or not you are a farting donkey, a man who must ingest hair to get the pure essence of somebody, a primitive woman who likes to make love in the snow. <laughs> you did that in the snow, bro. Uh, a man with a, a fully grown robot with a man's brain inside of it. 64 different personalities with your own powers. A woman made of elasticity, a half man, half android, or just negative man, whatever that is. Remember, <laughs> you can be the hero. Remember, there's a such thing as second chances. Remember that you are the click, and you, yes, you, are worthy. <laughs> <laughs>